Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Southern Sports Central, your source for all things sports, with your host, Richie Altman, Richie Altman, and Eugene Benton taking your call at 323-784-9681. Now, let's join Richie in the studio. And everybody, welcome to an all-new Southern Sports Central. I'm Richie Alvin, going to be joined here with a few good coaches from around the state of South Carolina here tonight. Of course, Eugene going to be hanging out behind the glass there, getting the music lined up, getting the introductions handled, and, of course, taking the calls from our three coaches that are going to be joining us here tonight on our special edition of Southern Sports Central. We're glad to be back here, by the way, uh, in the blog talk Sports Radio Network, and of course, if you're listening to us live over on the X or Twitter, whichever one we're going to go with today, we're hanging out over there, of course, on Spaces as uh, we get you ready for uh, two solid hours, maybe, maybe two and a half solid hours, but we're guaranteed three solid coaches, maybe four, depending on what we can get out of Coach Lane, who had uh, a tentative schedule, maybe can, maybe can't, Uh, you know, he's a uh, state championship coach. We're going to let him do his thing. Of course, he won it this past year over at Westside. So uh, hopefully he can join us at 8 o'clock. But let's kind of get through a little Everybody bit tonight. Here. What we're looking at tonight, of course, as, uh, as we get ready to, of course, uh, get ready for tonight's big show. And three coaches that we're going to be hitting on, of course, starting off with uh, the head coach over at Cross High School, which Coach Sean Wright, he'll join us at 6.30 tonight. At 7 o'clock, it's going to be Corey Crosby with Bamberg Earhart. Uh, and then at 7.30, Coach Eddie Ford with Woodland High School on the clock with us there. And, again, I've got all the uh, – Eugene, I'll bring you in with me as well, buddy. But I, I was able to get a little bit of background from each one of these three coaches, so I'm excited to get them in here tonight. Of course, it is Black History Month, and we want to you know, highlight a lot of our amazing coaches around the state, our African-American coaches who have done some great things Damn right. uh, in the Palmetto State here. And the veterans, these are veterans, by the way, next week – Oh, next week we get some of the young ones uh, to come in, but we're going to get the uh, we're going to get the guys at the head of the table and uh, have them ready to catch up with us, and it's going to be great because I can tell you, and you know this as well, Eugene, that you know Sean has been the athletic director out there at Cross, now he's the head football coach, and they've kind of done that around the state, and you're seeing that even uh, most recently over at Gray, where they've taken it and separated the head coaching from football to the athletic director, but uh, you know he's going to come in with a ton of knowledge. Uh, you've got Corey Crosby. I think he's actually the assistant athletic director over at Bamberg Earhart. Uh, this dude's got a ton of energy still. Uh, I enjoy talking to him as well because he was one of the coaches on the North-South game, and uh, he was one of the defensive coaches, I think maybe the defensive coordinator, where the South uh, took care of business and beat the uh, the guys in the upstate over in Myrtle Beach. And then, of course, Eddie Ford, been around a long time, but been faithful and loyal over to Coach Cyber and those over at Woodland. Uh, he'll be coming in and talking to us uh, about his path and what's led each one of these coaches 
to where they are today? Why did they decide to get into coaching after playing high school ball or even some college ball? You know, what kind of drove them into that? And then we'll ask them some common questions that you kind of came up with and uh, see what we come up with. Uh, but, Eugene, before we hit a break here at 609, man, just want to bring you in. And it's just kind of glad sure, to be back sure. in the Blog Talk studios again. Yeah, uh, and just want to make sure, uh, give me a heads up if you hear me. Uh, we're running some new uh, new laptop here and uh, some new equipment. So uh, go ahead and let me know. Can you get me? You got me there? Yeah, you're good to go, buddy. Good stuff. All right, perfect. Good to perfect. have you back in. Uh, you're, you're balancing here when you, have, when you have the microphone on the computer and you go into Blog Talk now, you have to have the microphone set to a certain setting, and then you have another microphone sitting over by the phone running something else so sometimes you just don't want to make sure those things don't screech and squeal and bleed over but sounds like we're all good to go on that so here we go and uh you know one more thing man we're just gonna say it. i'm for real i am for real and we are ready man we got smitty on the line too uh we'll have some fun tonight man you know sean and i we go back i, I love i love that guy to death man he's an awesome coach. we got to know coach crosby obviously uh you know having with his uh, nephew there for a little bit uh, and, and known him and his father uh, and Coach Crosby's actual brother, um, you know, for a while when he was doing this thing as a football coach there at Bamberg and, and then on to Orangeburg Wilkinson. And uh, so, you know, a couple of these guys got to know well. And, uh, you know, we've seen some new head coaches up on the radio in the past couple of days, especially one last night, Coach Oz. Coach Oz, you know, wanted to join next week. So we'll look forward to that. But uh, focusing on tonight, man. Uh, we got three, possibly four coaches that have, you know, got the rings, got the big rings, got the uh, championship rings here in the state of South Carolina. Uh, so I'm really excited to, uh, you know, hang out with these guys, uh, get to know them a little bit better. Sometimes you always learn something a little bit different when you, when you get these guys on, no matter how much you talk to them. So uh, ready to get going with that. We got City Loaded. Uh, I think we got our spaces up running. So those who are listening on there, welcome, welcome, welcome. A little bit different format tonight. Um, if you want uh to speak i know in these spaces that's kind of going to be the listening room we call it the green room so it can be little spaces if you do want to call in uh the the number to call in uh, is 515-602-9675 and we'll repeat a little bit later on in the show but uh let's get it locked let's get it locked and let's get rolling guys Yeah, we're excited. And by the way, just got confirmation, Smitty. I know you'll be excited, Eugene. You'll be excited. And we do have our 8 o'clock guest, so we're going to run from 6 to 8.30 tonight. Uh, Coach Lane will be joining us here uh, at 8 o'clock. He, of course, coming off that fresh state championship win uh, this past season as uh, the boys of Westside uh, handled the business. And uh, I'm excited to have him in here uh, to talk with yeah. us. So we've got four solid guests in about three yeah, hours. So that's going to be a good show. No, no, no. Everybody's got to think that's probably one of the biggest, uh, I'd say, shocks and upsets. Those guys up there I knew they were pretty dang good. But I think a lot of people just thought South Florence was a mission to repeat. Uh, that was a heck of a game, man. That was a really good game. So I'm really excited to get him in here about that. Yeah, yeah, definitely excited. And each one of these coaches really bring their own, you know, I, I would say almost like superheroes, right? They bring their own energy to the room. They bring their own energy to the sidelines. And, you know, I'm kind of interested, Eugene, in asking these coaches a little bit about their pregame, right? What do they do before they get to the field, right? What do they do on the way to the field? What do they do, you know, with their players? You know, that type of stuff is interesting to me as a former player uh, in my days. And, of course, watching a lot of coaches. I was around one of the great ones back in the day with Coach McKissick, and uh, he was one of those dudes that said, you know what? Right before the game, he kind of sat over here, did his whole thing. He didn't really want a lot of people around him. 
Uh, and, and I can tell you, I can understand that because he's getting his mind wrapped around what's getting ready to happen. Uh, because, you know, when you're, when you're some of these coaches, I would say every one of these coaches that we have in here tonight, you're always going to get the best shot from whoever's on the other side of the field. And, and so you've got to bring your A game every day. Every day uh, you're going to get the best shot of those on the other side of the field. So, Eugene, let's do this. Let's set it up here tonight. We're going to go to a quick break. Got to reset some things. When we come back, what we're going to do is get into a little bit of laundry talk, if you will. I know uh, last week Coach Perrin released some information about we may or may not have uh, some new members uh, running the high school league. We'll talk about that and, of course, a few other things as well. Guys, don't go anywhere. Southern Sports Central is coming up a little bit more right after this, guys. There is nothing more intoxicating than the meld of emotions and sensations that is Friday night. Friday night is the sound of that crowd, the pride of that community, the way that that grass smells. I've never felt in my adult life the way that I felt on Friday nights. That's what those kids are playing for. They're playing for that emotion. They're playing for that brotherhood and all of that sensory input that comes from Friday night. That's why they're playing high school football in this country. It is this common thread that weaves through the American fabric. Whether you live in Compton, California, or you live in Appalachia, if you played the game at the high school level, you have this common bond of representing that community. Anyone who disparages where the game is based on myriad reasons. I'm not buying it. I'm around the game every day on these campuses. I see the impact it has on these young men. I see the way that these coaches are able to grow high school boys into NFL or professional men. And it's just beautiful. Welcome back, everybody. I'm Rich Elman here live on Southern Sports Central. Glad to be back here in the world of blog talk radio here on the Internet as we come into see you uh, excited about what tonight's show is going to bring in here. And uh, i got to be honest with you. When, when you try to put everything in place, you know, what an opportunity. What a, what a gift it is to be able to talk to so many great individuals in the last – what we've been doing this since 2007 – and uh, 2024, we're going to bring you more. We're going to stand on business. We're going to have some fun while we interview and talk to a lot of coaches and players. You know, we did this back, Eugene. Think about it. Back in 2019 and 2020, you know, we stepped up our game. Because why? Because we couldn't go on the campuses back then because of COVID. And so we had to do a lot of what they called virtual tours. So we got the football coaches, and we had them bring in, what, three players? And I got to tell you, man, I felt like COVID, we were probably closer to our athletes and our coaches and really dialed into the Internet more than ever because they couldn't go anywhere. We kind of had their attention, and, uh, and I guess handcuffed is, is probably the best word uh, because there were just so many limitations on what they could and couldn't do. Yeah, you know, we had people in to a school, and we'd feature you know, a coach or a principal, or uh, we even 
had a feature on um, from a middle school that fed uh, uh, Ridgeview High School up there in Columbia. Um, but, you, you know, because it, it seemed like every, you know, we would do shows two, three times a week, and uh, they were packed. We, You know, I was calling around and, and DMing and Twittering and texting and calling, and, you know, we would just take an hour almost to fill it up with the whole high school. We just toured the state from the Midlands, you know, the, the regions, the PD, Low Country, uh, Columbia, Aiken, it, we were just all over it. It was a great time to get to know people, but now it's kind of, we need to start cashing some of those promises, man. Those people promised us uh, to come up and check out some of these new stadiums and um, uh, get some good food, you know, they told us where to, where to grab a bite to eat. I'll tell you, the only one I ever regretted was um, last year was when we had Lenoris on and Coach Marlowe and the strength guy. I think it was uh, one of the Armstrongs or something like that, and uh, that was, you know, I did get to go tour his facility and left with a uh, a pretty bad whoop in there. When <laughs> I never want to go back, not not uh, not uh, under those circumstances. It was seven degrees, and uh, Coach Marlowe and Lawrence and those guys turned up the heat on us uh, pretty soon in that game. But uh, it is a beautiful facility for sure. But uh, that was that was a great time. Uh, you know, I think we. we did a great job of trying to feature your athletes, especially those. You remember that spring, all those athletes that were coming on the show, the track or their soccer or their softball or baseball season was just completely taken away from them. And so that was a really good, cool experience to get them on there and talk about that. Right. Yeah, it was. It was. And, and, and you know, you mentioned track and field during that time, right? Uh, during that time, we actually had Coastal Carolina's track and field coach come in here and uh, wanted to be a part of the magic, wanted to be part of the madness here on Southern Sports Central. Uh, we had a home run derby. Oh, yes, we did. We had a home run derby, and that was amazing. I mean, we were a part of the one up in Dorchester County where we partnered up there with uh, that recreation center that brought on the three Dorchester County schools. Uh, but then you start to think about the athletes that we had on our show during that time. One of them, oh, by the way, Will Shipley, for you Clemson Tiger guys, uh, who uh, was just a young high school senior, uh, showed up at the uh, – uh, an event that, that was put up by Chachi and some of the guys up there in Charlotte. Um, and, uh, boy, that was a lot of fun. There were so many dudes there. Matter of fact, I mean, one of the, I mean, I could sit here and name at least 30 guys that are still playing Division One football, one in Syracuse. Uh, we had three kids from St. Louis that looked like they were playing for the Florida Gators that I ended up going out to eat lunch with um, uh, one of the fathers and the three of those guys. They thought we were the Gators. They actually gave us our own little seat over uh, at uh, Smitty's favorite place, Carolina L House here in Somerville, but, you know, when you look back at all those things, it, it just reminds you how lucky we are. You know, we've all played high school sports. I was blessed to, to play college baseball at the University of South Carolina, uh, and, and I had the chance to meet a lot of people during that time, Eugene, but when you go back and you think about the relationships that we've built and the things that we've been able to do since we've kicked this thing off back in 2007 and all the way to today, you know, we, we quickly look back at, you know, uh, Clemson Tom, who – He's probably sitting here listening back down in Orlando. He's, he's a mega part of why we are where we are. Darnisha Allen-Jackson, uh, she passed away last year, and it broke a lot of hearts, and ours included, as she was my co-host for about three years as well on here. Uh, her son Bryson, by the way, was a kid that we found on Twitter, and we followed him around from his days at Atlanta and all the way to every school across the country. He would call in on that Monday and tell us what his recruiting trips were like before he committed to the Gamecocks, which we didn't even know he was going to become a Gamecock when we started following him, but that made it just a little bit sweeter. Uh, but, you know, you look at where they were and where we are, and, boy, did we think, Eugene, in 2019 and 20, 
did you think we'd be where we are now in 24? We're talking open enrollment. We're talking NIL. We're talking back to the uppers and the lowers of 5A and, and, and combining this and moving that and, and all these new schools that are out here. I mean, definitely uh, a completely different landscape than what we thought we would see four years ago. Yeah, it's a different atmosphere. You know, we've gone from COVID and begging to play, and, you know, your schedule would change. You could have a schedule for Friday night of a game, and uh, Friday at noon you might have to go play another team. I mean, that's how absolutely insane it was. And then, you know, as crazy as it was, you were just grateful to be able to have the sport and to be able to have that opportunity to get together to do that. Uh, you know, the, the weight lift and eight folks at a time, and then you got to spray the equipment down and then bring more in. And, you know, for, for the game of football, you got to have 11 to make a squad, you know, for each side of the ball. Baseball, you really need nine. Uh, so so it's very difficult. It was a very difficult time. Um, like you were talking about, you know, the college camps shut down for two years. Uh, so the only way these right. kids right. could really get there uh, to be seen, honestly, was to make homemade film. You know, to make some of them running, you know, to cut their highlights up a little bit better from the last time. Uh, and use every single coach and media outlet they could use to get their, you know, to put them and, and, and to be seen and to have those opportunities. Uh, it, it was a very challenging year. Um, but look where we are now. We went from uh, that to things kind of back to normal. Um, to just when things started to settle in and you know resemble you know 2019, uh, we got all this new litigation and new laws in state and multipliers and take multipliers away, uh, open enrollment. Um, that seems to be a thing. If you don't like where you play or where you're zoned for, you can declare that you know you're a homeschool kid and go homeschool for a week and then you know enroll where you want to go because the homeschool and possibly uh, the new provision that came out uh, that, that may be voted on in the next tele- – it could be today, I mean, tomorrow, it could be the next day, could be March, um, right. could undo the multiplier, and that shifted things into a 54-team 5A. Uh, some of the 2As became 4As, 2As became 3As, some of the 1As became 2As. Um, I don't know. I mean, if, if that gets kicked in, you're going to wonder how many of the teams that – filed appeals or say, well, now you can't be in 3A or 4A or whatever. Um, I, I deserve to be in 2A or 1A. Because if that's the case, then, you know, a lot of schedules are going to have to be redone. Not so much just like, for example, I mean, for your region, you, you're having a region. And if the law says one thing, you know, it, I saw part of the law said that the state could not, uh, or the high school league would be barred from, from collecting any fees from a high school treated indifferently uh and that the school if you paid high school fees and were treated indifferently uh they could remove your state funding so you know there's also this out there the possibility of just doing away with the high school league as we know it and someone joining up uh i guess becoming a governmental agency possibly an elected bureaucrat or elected politician that would be you know I, i'm just throwing out terms a uh, commissioner of athletics for the state of south carolina much like the um uh Education. Um, uh, I, I can't. I don't know if it's the secretary of education or the commissioner or uh, the superintendent of education, the state superintendent. So maybe they'll be an elected superintendent of athletics. Who knows? Um, I just, you know, as we discussed so many times in the spaces. I don't like that idea. I think when you become, when you make an election, 
and uh, it just leads to too many uh, can fundraising and favors and things like that. I, I just I'm really big on that idea. Um, so uh, there's so many changes that happen. Uh, like I said, when we need to hit that bottom part of the curve and skin to get things back to normal. We're thrown in with this, and oh, by the way, there's the hint of NIL knocking on the door. College football or college sports, especially college football, has been completely blown up for the last four years. You know, today there was another meeting with the Big Ten and the SEC. Uh, I look Florida State maybe trying to go to the Big Ten. The SEC says they might want to stay for a little bit uh, with the amount of teams they have until they decide to go to a nine-game schedule, which would be in two years instead of next year. So, uh <laughs> Ever-changing environment, it feels like as soon as we settle the dirt in the yard, we get a storm to come by and, and knock all the leaves, and uh, we got to go clean something else up. Yeah, I mean, you're exactly right, Eugene, because we said this last December. You remember, me, you, and Smitty, on and off the air, we said this was going to be uh, the trifecta, the perfect storm, uh, the Bermuda Triangle, however you wanted to label it. And we said it was going to be a hell of a 24, and it's already proven that, could you imagine all these coaches are just now finding teams because they couldn't put their schedules together. They had no idea where they were going to one or five A or anything in between. And then it was kindly finally put together after everybody decided to, you know, uh, protest this or go after that. And finally they got it where they need it. And then wait a minute, here's another, uh, here's another wrinkle in the cloth here. Exactly. So when we look at it that way, you know, we just had to kind of go with the punches and I just hope that we've learned. I, I really, honestly, I'm going to go out on a limb and go and put it out here on Southern Sports Central. I have no whatsoever want for for the state to run this situation. They got their own. This problem. is That's such a crock of shit. This and that part, I can tell you, when it comes down to it, that while we might not like and agree with everything that the commissioner has done, and again, I've never been in that role, so I can't imagine it's maybe not as easy as we think it is. We're you know, maybe. I don't know. But what I do know is it can be a lot worse. And it can be a lot, Damn lot worse. Damn right. And what I mean by that, maybe we can figure out some ways to fine-tune this thing if we can keep it in-house and keep it with the high school league, which I'm hoping and praying. Because I can tell you, you know, I can call, you know, the commissioner, Singleton, and he'll come on the show right now. And he's mentioned that many times, that if he ever wants, we ever need him, want him, he'd be happy to come on. And if not, he can't make it. He'd send somebody who will. I don't know if we get that conversation from somebody uh, in, in another political role. And again, like Eugene says, you know, who knows what's happening behind scenes with some of that other stuff. So I don't like a couple of things, but that's okay. I'm not going to like everything that happens. I don't like everything and a couple of different things that I got going on in life. But you adjust, you move on. And, uh, you know, we'll wait and see how that kind of plays itself out. Uh, again, I am excited, by the way, uh, Eugene, that we do have Coach Lane coming in. He just sent me his uh, – his bio, so he's excited to come in here. And I've got bios on all four of our coaches. And, boy, I'm going to tell you something. Holy crap. we got some talented coaches uh, coming in here tonight, man. I tell you what, the red carpet is definitely getting rolled out as uh, we'll talk about that. I do want to say congratulations to the wrestlers across the state who won a state championship uh, a couple of weeks back. I believe maybe it was even – it wasn't last week or the weekend before. Um, so many great athletes, uh, you know, in, in that ring. And right now we're down to the final four Five classifications in the state. They'll all be heading to uh, to Florence Civic Center, which again, that's now that's a question I, I do have uh, on the docket. Can we move that to Columbia? <laughs> Can we? I don't understand why it's in 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 Florence. Uh, move it to the middle of the state. They've got not one but two really nice facilities, Eugene, that we're both familiar with uh, that they could be playing in. So I'm not sure 
uh, that might be the first thing to impress uh, some people. If uh, the high school league can go ahead and announce next year we're going to move it to Columbia uh, and get it out of Florence or even bring it down to Charleston. But I think what's fair for the upstate is to meet them in the middle of the state, and that goes for everything. And I think all of our state championships, by the way, should be held there at the Capitol. What about you, Gene? Yeah, I, I honestly, with the shape of our state being that little funky triangle, man, I think honestly, and the way that, and if you think about it, the way the highways roll, uh, I know 20 is all right in Myrtle Beach, but there's some connecting roads into 20, but let's face it, it's right in the heart of the state, and you're taking those folks from the PD area and the Grand Strand area right into Columbia, 77 goes from, you know, Rock Hill down into Columbia, I-95, I-26, they all come up that way, you know, 20 back over to the side, 26, all the way up to the, you know, right to get to the split before you get to um, Clinton High School, uh, Greenville, Spartanburg area, I, it, it makes the most sense, and uh, of course, you know, everything that they do don't make the most sense, you know, if we had to play a <laughs> high school championship, you know, I get it, Carolina, you know, they got practices, they got the, you know, the, the men's and women's team both having games and practices going on. They could probably schedule around that. If not, you know, there are other teams in that area that have nice gyms. You know, you're not going to sell out 10,000 tickets. We look at the Florence game every year, these games in Florence, and you look at the pictures, you look at some of the videos, or log on and watch the game. There's a couple hundred people there. You know what? So you could have that game at Lexington High School gym or River Bluff has a beautiful gym and facility. Most of their facilities are awesome. At least put it somewhere there in the middle of the state. Um, it's just, uh, I think it's really, you know, you've got Malden and Burns, and we know where those schools are geographically. They're meeting in Florence to play Lexington and Somerville. Make it make hmm. sense, bro. Make it make sense. It just because it does. It does. And that's my biggest fear, and I know there's a lot of people as we're getting ready to head to break, and we'll get ready for our first guest coming in here, Coach Sean Wright, going to come all the way from the, the bright lights and the big lakes of Cross, South Carolina. Uh, he'll be joining us here in about three to four minutes, uh, but but you're right. Make it make sense, and when you see teams in the upstate playing down here in the lower state because we don't have enough teams, and I know there's a lot of people that want to see a 6A, but my question is, in reality-wise, we don't have as many high schools as I think we need to feel that because as of right now, and here's another thing, and this is the last caveat. We're going to move on and get into our interview section of the show, but just a laundry bag clean out here for us is I want to say this. I do not want to see a team with a losing record in the playoffs. I feel bad that they don't have enough teams to filter the playoff or whatever it may be, but there's nothing to gain for a young athlete or even a coach because coaches, uh, you know, they deal with the emotion part of it too. To get blown out by 30 points or 20 points or 40 points, whatever it is, Eugene, that's one thing that I hope that we kind of look at going in and, you know what, we just have to readjust it, then we have to readjust it. And then I'm also wanting to see maybe we can kind of re-look at how they uh, already preset the home field advantage. Uh, You know, it's really tough for me to understand when a team goes undefeated the entire season and then they hit the playoffs and then they have to hit the road. I mean, there has to be a benefit of going undefeated throughout the season or being at the top number one in the state, whatever it may be, you know, you just hate to see that part of it. And, uh, again, the, there's just some of the laundry items that we'll put back on the shelf. We'll table it for next week because we are going to be back live again right here next week at 6 o'clock with at least three, if not four more new coaches around the state. But, Eugene, let's hit the uh, music. Let's take a break. And when we come back, we roll out the red carpet for Coach Sean Wright. He's won a state championship 
in many, I mean many, regional championships. We'll catch up with the one and only Coach Wright right after this, guys. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to Southern Sports Central right here on Blog Talk Radio. Central with Richie Altman and Eugene Benton taking your calls at 323-784-9681. All right, we're back live, folks. Uh, we got uh, Cook Sean. We're taking him out of the green room. We got Richie coming back on, putting his headset on, ready to roll. I think we got everybody locked and loaded. In the studio, uh, let's roll it. Here we go. All right, so guys, welcome in here, and, and Eugene, go ahead and get the man with the plan his uh, his introduction, which he needs no introduction, by the way. As uh, we look at the coach who uh, is getting ready to join us here next year, he's done a hell of a job uh, in, in small town USA, which is where, by the way, high school football was invented. And I got to be honest, it might be up there uh, in, in the lakes up there in Cross South Carolina. Of course, we do welcome in. Uh, the one and only Coach Sean Wright has been doing it now for uh, he's at his 14th year, one state championship, numerous region championships, and uh, the one thing they'll mention as we bring him in here in just a second, uh, he's placed 12 student athletes with scholarships at various schools within his time there at Cross. Eugene, go ahead and let's give him an introduction. Bring in the one and only Coach, of course, uh, Sean Wright with us now.
And welcome, everybody, with the one and only, as we welcome him in here. I've had the opportunity to get to know this five-star gentleman. He is a hell of a coach on the field, an even better person off the field. And that, of course, is the Cross Trojans' very own Sean Wright. Coach, welcome to Southern Sports Central. We're glad to have you with us on this uh, beautiful, beautiful Wednesday afternoon, Coach. Good evening, guys. It's a pleasure to be on with you guys. And, um, you know, I'm just looking forward to chatting and seeing what uh, you guys have to offer and I have to offer and what the other coaches have to offer. It's going to be a good show, and you're getting to start us off, Coach. I mean, who better to bring down the magic down the red carpet to lead off the coaching show here as we highlight, of course, some of our amazing coaches around the state. Of course, uh, Coach, it is Black History Month, and we do this every single year. We come back and we bring in and highlight a lot of our incredible African-American coaches who have given the opportunity, and boy, have you made the most out of that opportunity, Coach. When you look back at your days, and I want you to kind of give us a little bit of a bio because I get it, 14 years over there with the Trojans, We've got a lot of common friends and things that, of course, uh, you and I know that are from that side of the world. Uh, you've coached a lot of our friends, the kids, which I think is very cool. Uh, you might start coaching some of their kids here soon, Coach, if you haven't already. So that's going to be an interesting <laughs> – that's when we start feeling a little bit older, Coach. But, uh, uh, again, uh, glad to have you with us. But um, tell us a little bit, who is Sean Wright? Where's Sean Wright from? What did Sean Wright do as a little fellow that, that, that dreamed about playing – high school football, and, and so on and so forth. And here you are now, 14 years deep, and being a head coach of a very successful program over at Cross. I'm from Cross, uh, born and raised. Uh, I had a chance to go to the elementary um, in the middle slash high school. And uh, it's just a, you know, our area is just a special area. I mean, it's, it's a community school. Um you know, we we are we are close knit. You know, those those everybody knows everybody. So you know, we had a chance to, you know, just come up under good people, um, good vibes, and it's a pleasure for me to have gone there, graduated from there. You know, going on to play college football for four years, um, received my master's, uh, work at Cross as an assistant, work at Timberland as an assistant, work at King Street as an assistant, and then come back to Cross uh, in 2009 and then, you know, just completed my 14th year um, as head coach at Cross High School where, you you know, you guys are right. We have had some success, um, you know, throughout our time here. And, uh, you know, we've, we've been able to win, um, you know, uh, a lot of ball games, and of course, we had a chance to win the big one in 2012. And ultimately, like you said in the uh, in the preview, you know, have 12 kids that were able to take the education from Cross, take the coaching from Cross, and was able to attract colleges, and they were able to sign their names on the dotted line and play college football. So we're proud of that. Hanging out with Coach Sean Wright. He is the head football coach of the Cross Trojans. Of course, that's hometown for him. Uh, a, a very interesting thing to do for you, the coach. I mean, we talk about you coaches. You make it personal. But, man, isn't it personal more than ever? I mean, I see you, of course, uh, living by example on social media. You're working out daily. So you're not telling these kids to do something and you're going over to Krispy Kreme or you're heading over to Dunkin' Donuts. And if you are, you're still working out hell. But <laughs> you're living by example, right, for these young guys, and whether it be at the home or – hanging out over at the gym over there somewhere in Somerville, whatever it may be, you know, you're living day-to-day by the same thing you're asking these young kids to give you 
the same energy, Coach. And i got to be honest with you, man. You may have one of the biggest fan bases uh, around that I see. And I'm, of course, down in the North Charleston area uh, where the studio is. But when you think about what you're able to do there in Berkeley County, you know, you do more with less. And I don't mean talent-wise. I mean, let's just be honest, a 1A school a little bit tougher than what you're going to get out of a 5A school when it comes down to the financial part of things and just other opportunities that you have to actually go and find that aren't quite just there when you walk on campus. Well, you know, when you think about Berkeley County, Berkeley County is a large county. As a matter of fact, the largest county in the state. Um, and, you know, Cross has been – we've been able to with, withstand um, the growth in the area. And, and um, you know, we know that those other areas are, are you know, overcrowded some and, and Cross is just – is, is we just kept up with what everybody else was doing. And the, the main factor for that has been, you know, our alumni. You know, they they, they love and, and are so passionate that the fact that our building is still there, um, they come and support us, you know, like no other. You know, when we travel uh, as far as football and basketball, you know, we really – allow our kids to have a home court, home field advantage, no matter where we go, whether we're home or whether we're on the road. So, you know, the the people of Cross, is, is, they're special, and and they they just, you know, they, 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 they just love our kids, and we love our kids, and we love the fact that we are still here, relevant, um, and doing the things that we want to do. And, and uh, I'm just – I'm grateful that I'm able to be a part of that. You know, sometimes as a coach, you know, we try to put ourselves on the pedestal. But, you know, I'm not one of those type of guys. I just feel as though I fit in with everybody else, and I'm just trying to do my part. And the biggest thing is being able to give back to the community that gave so much to me. Um, and that goes from my parents all the way down to the teachers, the administrators, the janitors, I mean, everybody that I come in contact with at Cross and throughout my time there. So it's special. It's special. And thank you guys for noticing that. Hey, Coach, I tell you what, it's it's not it, – don't have to look hard because I tell you, you just – year after year, you're in the chase. I mean, if they mention – state championships and, and they talk about your classification they would be lost under some small rock in 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 Wahala, south carolina but they're not mm-hmm. that sean wright is doing it and standing on business down here on the lakes of uh, cross south carolina coach you know the one thing that i really love about your school and, and you and i again we go back and don wilson a, a good friend of both of ours um who uh is a cross alumni right and uh, he invited me last year and our schedules kind of uh didn't match up but there was a handful of former cross alumni that came back for homecoming i mean holy moly man you guys were were packed every friday night but you were really packed i mean people paid it on their schedule in july or whatever you guys put out that homecoming is and they come back i don't care if they're in atlanta charlotte and jacksonville they're sitting in the lakes in cross south carolina on homecoming weekend and they're grilling out they're cooking out i mean there's probably some of the best food you can imagine uh sitting in that Mm. parking lot right before the games kicked off so first of all Tell us a little bit about how great it is to have such a great support of the Alumni Association, and how do you stay away from the food before kickoff, Coach? Because I tell you, you know, I saw some of the pictures, and I thought to myself, man, I don't know how you do it. Well, um, to answer your first question, you know, how do I feel about the alumni base? You know, 
we have we have a uh, a basketball tournament that's uh, located um, in Cross during the month of July at the uh, at Sp- Inspires Landing. That's a, that's that's the that's a park located in Cross, and that has become as big as our homecoming almost. Um, and so, anytime that our our people have a chance to come back home and support the younger kids, they're going to do that. And the fact that they are able to do that um, on a yearly basis, twice a year, um, is is special. And sometimes I sit back and I watch and I just take my phone out and I'll video record or I'll take pictures because it's really unreal. If you've never been to a cross homecoming or you've never been to our um, basketball tournament um, at at Cross Park in July, you're really missing out on on a special a special occasion and a special event. Um, our kids, they you know when they play in those type of atmospheres, they they it's it's, it's like a Clemson, it's like a, a Carolina to them, it's like a you know, it's it's a, it's a big school event, and you know, I brag. You know, I don't know if there's another school in the Low Country that does homecoming or does that tournament during the summer like cross. So, you know, it's just special to see. Um, I think all of the news stations between Channel Two, Four, and Five they 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 know all about it because. You know, they, they are reminded and they're asking me, you know, well, when is homecoming? You know, and that's the big thing, you know, when is homecoming? Everybody wants to know that date. So um, it gives our kids a chance to excel in, in front of that type of crowd. And because, um, you know, everybody's not going to college, but, you know, for one night they get a, get a, they get a chance to, get, to have that type of college feel. So, you know, we, we're excited about that. Well, the first thing, Coach, that we all want to know is me, Smitty, and Eugene is when is the basketball game in July? And uh, we'll be there for that, first of all. Uh, and second of all, we, of course, do want to keep up with you on homecoming. Now, the other two guys are coaching. One guy just uh, moved over to Berkeley. We'll talk about that if you want to a little later. And, of course, uh, Eugene getting the opportunity to be the, uh, the special teams coordinator. So he's a little bit closer to you, Coach. And then Smitty, of course, here on the uh, staff with us as well, he's the head football coach over at King Street. So it would just be me and, and, and a few of my closest other buddies as we'll come up for homecoming this year. And you can write that in your planner. You'll see me this year. And maybe we'll do a little show right before, a little pregame, a little college game day with that Friday night uh, light atmosphere with you guys over there uh, at Cross Coach. Now, you mentioned earlier your time at Timberland. Now, if I'm not mistaken, there's actually a pretty close connection to you and this other guy at Timberland. Man, how how exciting is that game when it hits on the schedule, Coach? Tell us a little bit about that and uh, you know your thoughts of having a, a, a team like Timberland that close. And I believe it's got to be a pretty close rival for you two guys, right? Well, it has become a rival. Um, you know, I I have you know we've been playing Timberland since two thousand and one, and we haven't won many games. We've been fortunate to win you know the last few. But, you know, to me, it hasn't been the rival to where, you know, we win, they win, you know, that type of deal. But, you know, as far as recently, we feel as though we've made it uh, into a rivalry because the games have been close. Um, I think you've, you've, you've seen both teams 
play extremely hard, and um, and it just so happens to where the head coach at Timlin is my first cousin. You know, our dad were brothers um, when they were alive, and so um, you know, and we talk every day, and we pull for right. each other every day. You know, I, I want him to win all of his games except one. He wants the same for me, and um, and and I'm just you know I. It, that rivalry itself is 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 a good one. Um, and I and, and here's the thing, you know, for cross kids, I think I'm able to garner up a little bit more. Um, what's the word I want to use? Uh, excitement, um, for lack of better words, because I tell the kids uh, when we approach that game, you know, cross is still cross. Timberland is made up of St. Stephen's, which everybody knows that was a big rival, Macedonia, another big rival, and Canehoy, another big rival. And, and and I tell my kids all the time, you know, you guys get a chance to compete against three different schools because you have three communities that are feeding into that school. And so, you know, they they take it upon themselves to – give it all they have when that week comes up because, you know, nobody expects us to win. Nobody expects us to compete. And for us to still just be cross, not combine with anybody and compete with that school um, and the other schools that we compete with is, is special to them. So I'm able to, to really, really, you know, hone in on that and get those guys focused and ready to play. And there's got to be some common connection with some family ties, not just for the coaches but players as well because it's geographically. They're not that far apart. Only spread uh, what's separated by a lake, if you will. So I can imagine uh, there's a few cousins that are probably uh, used to playing on Thanksgiving in the backyard at Grandma's house and now on Friday nights they're going against each other under the bright lights. Uh, when, you, when you start to think about it, Coach, uh, and, and I've got a couple of questions we're going to ask each coach. So I want to get to those before we get you out of here. High school football changing a little bit, Coach, around us, and uh, you're starting to see uh, its ugly head kind of rear itself, possibility of, of the lines being taken down, open enrollment. You can go where you want to go as long as you can get there and you meet all the requirements. You know, that's possibly around the corner. Of course, we just saw this whole multiplier thing, Coach, and then, oh, NIL. There's a lot of things happening. And as a guy who was a former athletic director, of course, uh, you've worn many hats across and now – uh, you know, have the opportunity to just focus on the football game, which has got its own entity. I tell you what, you guys work 24-7, 365. Tell me your thoughts on where you see high school football now to where you remember it was, even as an athletic director and as a head football coach 14 years ago uh, when you stepped on that campus and took over the head football coach. Well, you know, you, you are exactly right. I see uh, th- there's so many changes that has taken place. Um with a sports period, and that's not just high school. That's that's rec leagues. That's I mean, there's no more rec leagues. To be honest with you, there's now, you know, your AAUs that have taken over, and the AAUs is not just your community, but it's your community combined with somebody else's community. And then, you know, when those kids are playing with each other, then you have access to be recruited to other schools that are not in your community, and so. The pressure is put on on these kids as soon as they are able to put on pads. Um, 
and, and looking at it, you know, from the high school standpoint, um, you know, I see the transfers. I see the kids that are being recruited. I see the kids that, um, you know, they, they think that, okay, if I go to this school, I'm going to get recognized, or if I go to this school, I'm going to have a chance to win a state championship. And the same thing is done in college. And, and you know, to me, you know, we created we, – we, the adults created that monster, and, you know, it really makes you question, well, where is the loyalty? Well, this is what I have to say about all of that. You know, we're going to have that. Those things are probably not going to ever change. I think you're going to have NIL, you're going to have transfer portal, you're going to have all those different things that comes up. Um, but it all boils down to relationships. And what type of guy are you uh, as far as a a human being? So you are. we are human beings before we are professionals. And so – you know, are are you the type of guy that's going to go and recruit um, from another school? Um, is that what you, you know, is that the type of guy that you want to be? Um, and if you are that type of guy that wants to recruit at these schools or off of this or off of that so that you can get all the talent at your school, well, what does that say about your coaching ability? I mean, do you need top talent to win a state championship? Are you not satisfied with your own teachings or the coaches around you that are able to uh, develop fundamentals and techniques that are able to – that your kids can take and, and translate that into wins? Um, you know, it all boils down to relationships. You know, to me, uh, I can have a $30,000 wedding – but after the wedding is over, what's the relationship that's going to be between me and my wife? And so, mm-hmm. you know, it all boils down to relationships. And so the kids that we come in contact with, you know, they know that we not only care, but there's genuine love for our kids. Um, we coach these kids hard. We get on them hard. We, uh, we, we chastise them when they need chastising, but, you know, they never leave us hungry. They never leave us having an opportunity to share something with us and we share something back that may brighten their day. They never come to school and we not ask them, you know, how was their, you know, how was their night or how you doing? It's just a genuine feeling. So, you know, my my big thing is we are in a world that is forever changing, but what should never change is how you deal with young people, what type of character you want uh, in your program, what type of character you are showing as the adult, what type of character that you are allowing to, to transpire in your program. So that's that's what we're all about. And so, yeah, it's hard. Um, you know, things have definitely changed from where they were, but one thing that's going to remain the same for us at Cross is how we deal with young people, how we deal with type of human beings we are, and, and that's not going to change. So if a young man uh, comes to Cross and he feels as though he wants to leave, you know what, I, I don't want to stop you because at the end of the day I know what type of people we are, um, you know, 
we have put kids in college like everybody else. You know, yeah, we may not have the Clemson, Carolinas, the Florida States, Miamis, you know, uh, come through cross every day. But if you shine, uh, a diamond can be spotted from a long miles away. And uh, and we got some special young men in our program right now that are doing the work and they're being seen and and it's at a small high school right across South Carolina. Hanging out with the one and only Coach Sean Wright. He is the head football coach over across the Trojans here on Southern Sports Central tonight, a state championship winning coach, by the way. And I'm telling you, three, four, five different trophy cases full of uh, region championships. Coach, we talk a lot about you, but what was the coach that inspired you, that you look back and, and as you get ready for your pregame and you're kind of thinking about things, maybe it's other, you just came out of a tough loss or maybe you're trying to stay humble after a big win, what, who was that coach in your life that, that you're able to be in so many other players' life, but who was that one coach that you always look back and think, man, I'm so glad I played for him and I stuck through it because I'm telling you I'm half the reason I am who I am on Friday nights because of what he did for me. Oh, man. Uh, there's so many. Um, <laughs> you know, when I was coming up, uh, you know, my dad, my dad was such a big influence for me. Um, he, he taught at Cross Elementary School, and, and what he would do on our way home is when I was in elementary school was he would drive by the football field at about three thirty, and he never would pull in, pull in the school to watch me to let me watch practice, but he would slow the car down enough to where I would get about a minute of just watching the blue helmets run around on the field and you know that created a dream and once I was enabled to get to middle school and you know be at the high school. Um, coach Rose, uh, you know, he was he was the coach at the time, and he and, and and you know, I was just I told him as an eighth grade, I said, man, I can't wait to to, to play for you. Um, and you know, he he was just one of those guys to where, you know, I saw the toughness that he he coached with. I saw the players that came up under him, and it was just so much pride to put that blue helmet on. Um, so, uh, so, so Coach Rose was was one of them. But the, to be honest with you, the guy that I think every player that played at Cross from the late '80s to the to the late '90s would tell you, our JV coach. Coach Richard Ravenel, um, I, 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 you know, that guy would honestly um, do anything for us. You know, he created um, an atmosphere to where it didn't matter who we played. You know, you know, we just never felt as though we were a small school, and and it started from him and. And that JV staff. So Richard Ravenel was the guy that was was so influential influential to me, and um, and I was you know I'm indebted to him to this day. You know that drive that I have, it all started from him, and uh, so I, I, I give him a lot of praise. Um, I was I was able to 
we won a state championship, give him a ring, and and that meant that meant more to me than anything. You know, he was one of the guys that, um, you know, he he has that state championship ring, and and even though he wasn't there during that time, it was just his teachings and the things that we learned from him that allowed us to become who we were. And um, so Richard Ravenel is, is someone who's very uh, he's a, he's been an inspiration to me. And he's doing it, doing it well himself, by the way. That is the one and only Coach Sean Wright. He's got him a state championship ring, multiple other opportunities and things, but along with a slew of region championships up there with the Cross Trojans. Coach, the final thing before we get you out of here, and we hope that you hang out in the green room as we're going to bring in uh, three more coaches right after you uh, here tonight. So hopefully you hang out with us for the rest of the night and listen in. But for a young guy that's coming up, next week we're going to have the youngsters if we call them that because some of these guys may not be youngsters but just new to the game of high school football and head coaching uh, will join us next week. But for those guys and the other young men that are looking to get into coaching, give us some words of advice and some inspiration that you can leave us with here tonight for those young guys who are getting ready uh, to get their head coaching whistles. The biggest thing that I think I have learned um, over time is, you know, we want to win. Everybody, you know, we want to win games. And a lot of times, you know, that that determines whether we keep a job or lose a job. But you, you got to understand this. When you play a contest, two teams, there's going to be a winner and there's going to be a loser. That's a give. That's a fact. You know, we you, you can't get around that. You know, these games will never, ever uh, end in a tie. And so with that being said, don't worry about the the outcome. You know, the outcome is going to be there, but it's going to be based off of, what you do prior to the contest. And what I mean by that is what's, what's your philosophy as far as your approach to young people? We know the pressures that they are under. If you are there just to coach and just to win games, you may want to find another profession. You know, to me, if you're going to coach this game, it has to mean more than what the score says. You you are going to win your share games. You're going to lose your share games. But it's the in-between things that matter the most. And I realize that, you know, if I care about these kids before I coach the kid, then when the kid plays for me, He's going to play at a level to where he's going to make all the bad calls that I make work. Um, I think if you ask any one of these coaches coming up, you know, it's all about the relationship that you have with your coaches, with your community members, with your administration, and down to your kids. Um, Love on them. You know, you, you, you're not going to win every game. You're not going to lose every game. But what you're going to have an opportunity to do is you're going to have an opportunity to change your life, um, and that can happen every single day. You know, to be an influence on a young child, I mean, I, you know, 
I don't want to sound too religious here, but I, you know, I think God smiles on that. You know, when you can change a young person's outlook on life in a positive manner, I mean, what more do you want to be as far as a coach? Um, the wins are going to come. Um, I, I tell my kids all the time, don't worry about the scoreboard. Don't worry about the clock. Let us do that. You just play every play. And when you can uh, when you can let those kids know and understand that you care for them outside of, you know, how many touchdowns they can score or how many tackles they can make or how many interceptions they can make, um, you will be surprised at how hard those kids are going to play for you. And at the end of the day, every team that we have lost against that cross, I am proud to say that they just were worked harder than we did, and they deserved to win. And so um, there's not many games where I felt as though, you know, a team that beat us didn't deserve to win. And, uh, and, and we're proud of that because we, wanted, we want to um, let our kids know that, you know, it's not about the wins or losses. It's about the in-between things. So, you know, my biggest advice is just, you know, you know, treat the kids like they, were, they are your own kids and let the chips fall where they may. Coach, you did an amazing job. We appreciate it. I look forward to catching up with you here very, very soon. I'll catch up with you off the air. But, uh, again, thank you for all that you do on and off the field and uh, all those long days and endless nights and uh, all the kids that you picked up and you pull in the yard and you see three or four cars on the driveway and you're thinking to yourself, I'm bringing you home and you've got all these cars here, but we keep doing what we do, Coach. So God bless you and, and continue doing it, what you're doing, and we'll talk to you soon. Thanks again uh, for uh, starting off the show on the right note, Coach. Hey, thank you, guys. I really had an amazing time, and, and thank you guys for recognizing me and Cross High School. It really means a lot to us. And I'm looking forward to listening to the rest of the guys. You got it, Coach. He'll put you in the green room. We got to go to break, guys. Top of the hour. Don't worry. The bus is on the way to Bamberg Earhart. We're hanging out with the one and only Coach Corey Crosby coming out of break, guys. Don't go anywhere. More Southern Sports Central. Southern Sports Central with Richie Altman and Eugene Benton taking your calls at 
And welcome back, everybody. Hour one is done, but hour two is here, and so is the one and only. Coming to you from Bamberg, South Carolina, at Bamberg Earhart High School. That is, of course, Coach Corey Crosby. Welcome, Coach Crosby. Welcome to Southern Man, Sports, how y'all everybody. guys doing? How y'all guys doing? Man, man? I just hope I can bring... I hope I could bring the energy that I saw that you had in Myrtle Beach the other week. Well, about a month or two ago now, man. I thought you were going to go in the pads and, and put it down. But you had those kids believing at the beach, brother. That was a, a heck of a performance by your defensive staff. Oh, man, I love defense, man. It's just it's a gift, man. I just like just waking up every morning, get a chance to call defense and have fun with kids. <laughs> well, you have done an amazing job, Coach. And I do want to say thanks for joining us here tonight as we – continue our trip around uh, the state with some of our five-star coaches, and they're even better uh, human beings. And you, of course, fit this one, coaches. You are now, I believe, hanging out at your second season over there at Bamberg Earhart. You're 21-5. and five. Put that down yep. and uh, play it back for me, man. That's impressive. And the guy that hired you, I think he might have known you a little bit, right? So he knew he hired the right guy for the job, Coach. Uh, tell us a little bit about – who is uh, Coach Corey Crosby? Of course, I know, if I'm not mistaken, uh, your alma mater is uh, Benedict, uh, one of the best horn sections, by the way, I've ever heard uh, in, in the world of the band music. But when you look at it, Coach, kind of give us a breakdown of what landed you where you are today and uh, give us a little history on who is actually Coach Corey Crosby. Uh, man, I started off, um, you know, I played football at Benedict, um, was a linebacker there, graduated, and Carlos K gave me my first job, man. I was coming out of college, and he get, he took a chance on me, and um, went down to Allendale Fairfax for a couple of years, and and um, start off as a linebacker coach, and then he he said, man, listen, you got you say you got a gift, and gave me a chance to call defense, and I had Courtney Vincent that went off to Clemson, and and then um, you know, we had a great run up in Allendale, and my uh, my brother gave me a chance to come back home when Ron Duncan was here, and um. He was coaching defense, and he was coaching linebackers. He was defense coordinator, defense coordinator at the time. He was like, listen, you come home, and I'm going to give up linebackers. I'm going to defensive end, which I know why defensive line, because he had Ricky Sapper, Daquan Bowers. Anybody would want to move back. You know, so um, <laughs> that year I came back, and um, and I, I, I coached under him um, as a linebacker coach. And when he got his job opportunity to be head coach, he, he moved, me, moved me to defensive coordinator. Man, we had a, we had a great run, man, a great run together. Um, you know, it was awesome. I had a chance to play for three state championships, bunch of won a bunch of lower states and won a bunch of regions, man, and touched a bunch of kids at the same time with some great players. And then um, you know, I, I left and took the Black Behitter job for a year and um went there and went went nine and three. Uh, had a chance to come back home. Um Robert Williams was the offensive court, was our offensive quarterback when we made this run. He became the head coach and um asked me to come back home and um uh, I, I jumped on it, man. I jumped on it, came back with my family, and, and uh, we went back to the state championship with him. And then he said, listen, I'm going to step back and just be the AD, and I'm going to give you a chance to be, you know, to run this program. And I did. And, um, you know, we first year went 9-3, had a little rough, went, came in second in the region. Was, we was young up front. And then um, last year I had a chance to go back to a little state championship. It was 12-2, and two, and, um, you know, and that's how it started. But we got a good year, got a good team coming back, and, Oh man, it's been a blessing just to go twenty-one and five in Bamberg and get a chance to coach good kids here. You know, our kids play hard football and they work hard. So that's that, that's me, man. I'm just a, it's a great defensive guy. I, I mean, I got a hot offensive coordinator and um, I love defense. I never, I'm like, I'm like Nick Saban and Kirby Smart. My hands gonna be on that defense and it's the fire of it. That is me. I mean, that's what I do. So 
there's Corey Cross, the defensive coordinator, that's love to have fun and, um, and, and, and coach kids and, and have a hard-nosed defense, man. Now, Coach, first of all, we, of course, are located in the lower state uh, down here with you guys down here out of Charleston. But, uh, you know, when you guys went together, put together a great staff for the North-South game and, and really did a, an amazing job. I mean, I was there uh, from Thursday into the game on Saturday. You and I had a chance to chalk it up throughout the week as I was doing the uh, show on the, on the radio there with Phil Cornblue. But I, I tell you, I'm sitting on the sideline, and I'm watching you – uh, you know, just coming out of that locker room, and I looked at the guy beside me, and I and, and I don't remember who it might have been Scott actually, and and I looked at him, and I said, it's about to go down. He goes, what you mean? And I said, you see, you see, Coach Crosby, if these dudes don't run out of a wall right now, it'll never happen. And, and it wasn't much longer after that. Uh, I think the entire team runs into the end zone, and I knew from that moment on there was no chance that that team in the north was going to get much past you guys because that defense was smash mouth and shutting it down from the corners to the inside all night long. Uh, I mean, you know, I mean, we had a great staff. Well, Walt Wilson did a great job of, of preparing us for the week, and um, and our kids brought in, man. I tell our kids, you know, any team I, I I try to coach is all about, you know, buying into the system. You know, buying into everybody's gonna look good if you buy into the system. Regardless, if we have eleven players or twenty-two players, and all twenty-two of them guys in North South brought in, man. They brought in from day one, the time we met with them. Um, you know, we picked the right kids and uh, coaches nominate the right players. And and when that week we got there, man, we just uh, we 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 preached about buying into the system, doing the right doing the right thing, and 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 having fun doing it, and be physical at a point of attack, you know, and stop the run. You know, we we talked about that. And them kids did it, man. And DBs just flew around and got picks. And I mean, make it simple, man. I tell our kids, you know, we're gonna we're gonna be simple, we're gonna be sound, and we're gonna be violent at what we do. And they did that, man. And and it's just a mindset of it, you know. It's how you it's how you coach it, you know, and, and the kids got to trust you. I heard Sean say that, man. Kids got to trust you, and they got to buy into you, they got to believe you care about them. And every kid I coach, man, I just I want to build a relationship with them, want, you know, something, learn something about them. And once the kids knew that, they knew that, you know, Coach Crosby, man, he, he cared. We was on the field, we did field work, you know, but we was off the field, I wanted to know, man, well, you know, you know, you know, how who's your girlfriend? How, how everything going? I mean, what you want to do when you, when you graduate? Stuff like that. And them kids like, hey, man, you know, we eating with them. Coach Crosby pretty cool, and they, they going to fly around for you once they believe in that. So. Well, I tell you what, there's a lot of flying around over there with the Red Raiders. We'll go back to your campus, back to your field there. As, uh, you know, we watch what you guys have done. And, of course, uh, Eugene and I got a chance to work with uh, your nephews there. Uh, you know, Casey, by the way, another linebacker that you've had your hands on that played at the University of South Carolina and I think could have played at a lot of levels. And one of the famous memes for the Gamecock uh, Nation when they go on Twitter, of course, that kid doing the little shimmy in the end zone, that would yeah, be your nephew yeah. doing it, uh, Coach. But, man, you mentioned Daquan Bowers. You mentioned Richie Sat- Ricky Sat. Ricky, of course, a big-time guy that comes on here a lot of times. Uh, he's done some great things after the game of football. And Daquan, of course, as well. But, you know, I'm looking at this list that, uh, that's in front of me, Coach, and, man, I mean, yeah, I talk about the importance of Small Town USA and what it means for high school Friday night football. I mean, when I go to Bamberg, there's no doubt in my mind that on Friday night, there's nobody anywhere but the high school football stadium, right? You got them sitting on the bleachers, hanging out around the fence, looking through the fence, doing whatever they can to get a peek of those kids because you guys just produce talent after talent. There's not a lot of rebuilding, but a lot of reloading because the kids that are watching those kids continue to work out with the kids. And again, the camps that you guys put together, the energy that you guys put together, it, it's, it really sets a standard over there with you guys, and that's why your record at 21-5 and five 
is, is so as impressive as it is here in a couple of years of coaching. When you look at Bamberg and you look at the dynamics of this small town, is it that makes Bamberg and the Red Raider Nation so strong year after year? I mean, it started way back in the days when, you know, Coach Leon Maxwell, you know, everybody didn't realize I was a ball boy when, when Coach Maxwell first kind of jumped on scene right here and took us to the state. And, um, I mean, our kids grow up. You know, my wife is a first-grade teacher, and, 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 and them kids grow up, want to be a Red Raider. You know, they, they, they know what that diamond stands for. They understand the work they put in to, to be, to, you know, to have that top-notch team and, um, it, it just every kid. My my son grew up watching KC. You know, was a ball boy watching them. Um, you know, I mean, you you look at that list. I mean, Daquan grew up watching them guys. You know, so I mean, that's mm-hmm. it, man. It, you know, it's it's a tradition. You know, everybody understands this is what we do. I mean, we're in the weight room right now, and we we have fifty five kids in the weight room every afternoon. They're getting it, and they they don't complain. They they start at three fifteen. They go run track at four thirty. You know. They understand that's what we do, and that's what we're gonna get us where we at. You know, we always talk about we don't have talent. We think hard work gonna be talent any day. You know, you know we have talented kids, but we tell our kids, you know, you have to work. You know, it's a lot of it's a lot of great kids around the world, a great a lot of great kids in the state. If you don't work, they gonna they gonna beat you. And um, and that's what we sell our kids, and that's what that's the program. I mean, it, it's a blue collar program. I mean, we just gonna work hard, and that's just how we built it. And, I mean, it's going to stay that way, you know. Hanging out with Coach Corey Crosby as he is doing it big up there at Bamberg Earhart. The Red Raiders winning and winning a style with a, an impressive uh, record, Coach, when, when you look at this. Tell us a little bit about, you know, what is your ritual on a Friday night? Is there something, things that you kind of do uh, that, that, you you know, when you became, you know, your dreams and aspirations, I would imagine, when you became a coordinator, said, you know what, I want to be a head coach one day. That's That's my goal. That's my end goal. And uh, now that you're there, is there something that you kind of do, the same food maybe you eat the night before or, or some type of music you listen to as you're preparing uh, for another big Friday night game? Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, every Friday, I, you know, we, we have uh, we have team walk through at 305. Um, our kids come to the gym. And, no, first of all, we have a team devotion. We have a, a, a local preacher come in and do devotion with our kids at 305. Um, and I always try to give my kids that, you know, I, I give them a chance to say, you know, Coach, I want to be involved in that. Or Coach, I want, you know, I understand. I always want to kind of give them that religion. I brought, I was, I was brought up in the church. My mom was a preacher, and and I'm big on that, you know, about faith. And um, so we do that, and then we have a team walk through, and then we have a pregame meal. I usually don't eat with the team, but our pregame meal never changed since Coach Crosby been. It's, it's, it's it, it, uh, Coach Kevin Crosby started this, and I we've been taking it on since Robert and myself. We get. Chicken script, mashed potatoes, green beans, and a and a fruit cup. That's what we get every, every Friday, you know. So I tell it like, you know, I I, I sit and eat pregame meal with the kids, you know, and then I come home yeah. for an hour and I get a chance to, to relax and get away. Our coach is kind of passing out equipment and, and and stuff like that, and the kids kind of they get a chance to get away from me. So I come home and I, I sit down for a little while and. And um, I'm a big Heat of the Night fan, you know, so I watch Heat of the Night. I record it. I get a chance to watch that for an hour. And I go out back to the field and get a chance to do our, you know, this, um, you know, got the offense meeting and defensive meeting and special teams, and then we go out for a walkthrough. But I, I listen to, uh, you know, these kids, I kind of listen to old school rap, you know, the, 
DMX and stuff. I have my little headphones on. I listen at where I do a little walk through. But I do it on the field. But I do it every Friday. That's my routine. Uh, a home game, a away game. If it's a away game, I kind of tend to come home a little early. But um, that's it, man. I mean, but you know, as a head coach, it's just different. I, my first year, man, it was like it was flying by because you know I, you don't know how that's going to be till you become a head coach. You know, everybody says I want to be a head coach. It's a lot of things before you get on the field. You know, I tell people, it's a lot of things got to happen before it, before you play that game on the field. And um, I had to get used to that. And, um, you know, because you, as a defensive coordinator, you just ready to call plays and all this and that. You don't have to handle, but Coach, um, can I go back? My mama calling me this and that. Uh, uh, you know, all the all the riffraff that goes through it. You know, as a defensive coordinator, I didn't have to handle that. That was Butcher Robert deal. But then it became my, you know, that was my. It's you, Coach, now. You know, right. Coach Carl, well, you know, can I go home? But that was it. But now, last, this year, it went smooth. And, I mean, I'm excited for your 3-5 program. This, and I told our kids that, you know, 9-3, then 12-2. and two, I'm just excited about where our program is headed at now, you know. So, you go 9-3, and three, Coach, 12-2, and two, I, I guess, next year. I mean, it's state championship, right? I mean, that's you're, you're doing the trend. I mean, you're going the right direction. That's why I tell everybody, like, your job is to win one more, so you got to win 13 next year, Coach. I got that circled on the calendar for you. Uh, but when you look at stuff now, Coach, when you look at it now, and even the days that you and I played football, man, it, it has changed. I just mentioned this with Coach White earlier. Uh, you know, it is a little different. You know, they always say kids haven't changed. Well, they have changed. In my opinion, they have yeah. changed. Now, you're a little closer to certain kids. You know, I remember a basketball coach one time said, kids haven't changed, we've changed. Well, no, that's not the case anymore. And social media has kind of helped push a lot of things. And COVID, yeah. uh, you know, whether we want to understand it or not, has really changed a lot of football. And then, of course, the three topics that we talk about is open enrollment, the plus three, and now NIL. Tell us your thoughts and wrap your arms around, if you could, Coach, about where football was and where you see it at now and where are we going, man? I mean, is this a very slippery slope that we're hanging out right now going towards uh, the, the the next few years of high school football? It's changed a lot, man. I mean, I listen to Sean. I mean, there's now kids kids get up and transfer on you in a minute, you know, and it's about, you know, with college, you know, the NIL is just taking over. Kids, is, you know, you got a third-screen running back asking for $100,000 because he's a third-screen running back. You know, and that trick us to high school, you know, it what – because while I'm not playing, if I'm not playing, I'm going to go 18, 20 miles down the road, you know. And, and it's, it's – I'm telling you, it's, it's days have changed, you know. Kids now – and not even kids, it's parents, you know. They're entitled, you know. It's all, you know, they're entitled, you know. So that's the stuff that that have just, just kind of made the game – now I ain't going to say ugly, but you got to adapt to it. Um you know, getting on kids now, you got to kind of coach kids different. Like Sean said, you got to love them up. The old school coaching and, 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 and brawl beating them how it used to be back when we was in nice and brawl beat. But, like, the three other days and, hey, get it right. You you, you, you got to be careful how you do that because now kids, they'll get up and they'll, they'll, you look around and you don't, you don't have nobody on your program. You know, and but you got, like like Sean said, you got to care about the kids. You know, you got, you have to care, you got to care for them. And, and and that's the thing, but um, you know, what, what, I mean, kids gonna leave now. That's today's time. I mean, that's I mean, I had kids leave me. You know, kids they came up, coach. I, I'm not gonna be here. My mom is moving to so and so, and and you know that's and I tell kids that all the time. You know, if you're not happy here, understand. You know, you need to kind of find a way and 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 
where you where happy at, but it's 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 changing. It's changing. I mean, I don't know if it's good for the pro, for the for the sport, but it's changing. It's changing. I'm telling you, it's changing a lot. You know, college college football is. You know, I just look at the game. You know, even even coaches, man. It's they. It, you know, it's it's no loyalty in it. You know, it's no loyalty in it. You know, so but um, and you ask the kids to be loyal to them. You know, be loyal to me, and, and you're not loyal to a kid. But it's it's it's, it's tough. You know, it's tough. You know, I tell our kids now, all the time, you, I'm going to make a move. Go ahead. Go ahead, Coach. I, said, I tell our kids all the time, you know, what, what, I, I, you know, we got a saying, and I just told our kids that. We got a saying, you know, family, you know, forget about me, I love you. And out of the day, I changed it. I said, love is sacrifice. I said, no, I don't want you to sacrifice nothing for the program. I want you to invest in the program, mm-hmm. you know. You know, don't sacrifice because that's something that you don't want to sacrifice. You want to invest. You know, it means if it's winning, I heard it today, if it's winning a championship, then you, I'm going to invest my, I'm gonna invest all my, I got in this program. If it means I'm going to win a championship, that's good. But if it means I'm going to get a chance to graduate and get a high school diploma, go to college, go to the military, get a job, because I've been, I invest in this program, then I'm happy. You know, I'm happy. You know, and then I tell like, I don't hide nothing from my kids. Anything, you know, even if it's a job opportunity, I talk about, you know, because, you know, kids going to hear it, you know, on social media, they going to see it. You know, I tell kids all the time, you know, you know, you know, somebody will call or anything like that. I'm like, gosh, yeah, you, you know, that's that might be true. But before I make a move, I'm going to talk to the family, you know, because we are family. Right. Now, Coach, one thing that I do want to ask you, we talk about rules. We talk about all the changes. Let's say you're the commissioner for the day. That's a big role. A lot of people think it's easy until you get to do it. As you probably thought, being a head coach might be a little easier than you did it. Uh, when you look at it, Coach, what, what is one rule that you would change in high school football, and why is that a rule that you would like to see change going forward? I, I, I mean, I, one rule I think I'd change is make sure it's fair across, which now it's fair across the board a little bit with the multiplier, but, you know, if you're going to have a kid go to any school he want to, if he goes to a charter school, then you do that for every public school, you know. And that's the only rule I think I'd change. But I think I look at a lot of, you know, you got some charter that a kid could, could go to any school he want to, you know. I mean, if he, he goes to a charter school, you know. I think that's the rule I'd change. Open up, you know, and, and open enrollment, you know. So that's the rule I'd change. And, and I think it'd be fair across the board. But that's me. That's me in a small town, so. Sure. Now, Coach, one thing that I've always uh, that I've always looked at, and, and I've said this for years, is why don't the high school rules mirror the NFL, and almost say to say the college uh, mirror the NFL, and that is, of course, should we have a tackle box? All right, it should it be one foot or two feet? Why are they changing the game in high school differently than the game in college? You're preparing these kids in in high school to, to become doctors and lawyers. Why aren't we preparing uh, high school football players to be NFL football players and keep the rules the same? Uh, your thoughts on, on not really say protecting the quarterback, but at least give him a chance to get rid of the ball by giving him a pocket. And then uh, a, a few of the other rules that maybe we'd like to see kind of imaged or, or mirror the same as you see in college. Yeah, I mean, you know, my son a quarterback, so, you know, his mom going to say protect the quarterback, you know. So, uh, right. I mean, yeah, I, I, think, I think, you know, that, that we need to kind of follow the college rules a little bit, you know, and, and – yeah, I ain't gonna say pro because pro a little different, and it's a, but I think if you asking kids and kids now, every kid you talk to, every high school kid, they think they want to go. You know, they want to play college football. So I think those rules kind of need right. to mirror together and, and 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 prepare the kids. You know, I mean, 
that's the thing. I, I mean, I would, you know, I, the NFL is a little different, you know, but college, every kid want to, you know, get a chance to go play college ball. So I think we need to kind of mirror them, mirror the college rules, and, and um, that's that's what I that's why I do. You know, yeah. I agree with you. Now, Coach, I'm going to end it with the same thing that I got in with Coach Wright. Of course, uh, you know, you've got young guys listening, some up-and-coming guys. Uh, give me some advice that we could pass on to some of our young listeners or maybe a coach that's in his first year or two himself as a head football coach. Uh, what, what advice would you give these young guys as they begin their journey to becoming the next head football coach in their chapters? You know, get get around an older coach and, and be yourself. Um I got a lot of older mentors that 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 been coaching ball. You know, my uncle coached at Thompson, Georgia for years. I get I get a chance to call him and and talk to him and chop it up with him about stuff. And you know, my 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 brother Kevin been been a coach for a while, and uh, you know he's away. You know, now he's gonna come back on my staff and be like a a senior assistant. You know, somebody that I get a chance to bounce things off of. Um, and then you know uh, you know Robert's right there in my building that I get a chance to talk to. So I was a young coach, you know, but do it your way, you know, do kind of do it your way, but make sure you have somebody that you could, a mentor that you could go back and, 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 and call and, and cause things going to bounce. There's going to be adversity set in and any, any, any job you take your first couple of years. I mean, it could be 10 years. Adversity is going to set in and you don't have every answer to a problem. So you have to kind of talk to somebody to do that. You know, that's the main thing I do, you know, because that's how I handle right now, you know, even all season. You know things that come up with kids and situations. How you need to handle it before you, before you end up kicking a kid off. You know how would you handle that? Well, coach, just look at it this way, and then you get a chance to go back and and, and evaluate it and 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 talk to the kid. But make sure you have a, a strong mentor that you can so you can bounce ideas off of. And coach, the final thing, let's give some uh, some love to Mama there at the house. Uh, we always give uh, a tip of the cap to the wives there at the house. They know uh, that they're probably. Uh, the MVP win, lose, or draw on Friday nights. Uh, how excited is, is the wife coming in, in September and August when it's, you've been home a little longer than you usually are from August to about, what, December? But by, I would imagine, July, she's probably thinking, ain't about time for two-a-days, Coach. Uh, tell us a little yeah. bit about <laughs> how she handles things and how great she is for you to be that big supporter at home. Man, she's great. I mean, she sacrificed a lot to get to where I'm at now, you know. Uh, when I had two boys growing up, she was there to take them when we was away. Um, practicing and Chanson and Jacoby was playing rec ball. She was taking the practice. I think she was the one who taught Chanson how to throw a football. You know, I mean, everybody look at all oh, the kids. You know, she worked outside with them, and but she's great, man. She's a first grade teacher, and she she understand, you know, how coaching works. Um, you know, she'll kind of tell me. Sometimes she'll tell me when I'm doing some stuff wrong. Uh, you need to, you should have ran the football or you should have did this or what. She's great, man. She's great. Um, I mean, she's she's there. She understands how it works. Um, the hours you have to put in to be good. But like I tell everybody, when I'm when I'm on the field, I'm on the field. When I'm away from the field, I'm 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 kind of home now. I had to learn that, you know, as I got older. And um, but I mean, she she's excellent. Friday night, she's at every game. She's sitting right on that 35-yard line, about eight bleaches up, um, watching it. Um, she's at the weight game. She bring her, her chair, and she's still on the fence. And it was amazing what she said about the fence because that's where everybody, everybody on the fence, and they can coach. And I, I laugh because, <laughs> you know, and she, she's probably the most hardest on chance. And, and my boy Jacob, when he played basketball, and I was. And I was, I'm coaching these guys, you know. 
because she she, she kind of know the the small things. Uh, Terrence he should have threw that ball to so and so. He shouldn't have thrown that intercept. He should have held it. And you know, but she's great, man. I mean, I, I couldn't. I, I tell you, I take my hat off because I don't know if I could I could do what she do. You know, the everyday of being a, a coach's wife is is tough. It's tough. It definitely is, Coach, and thank her from us, to, to, of course, uh, for what she's able to do. So that you can do what you do, Coach, we do want to thank you for your time here tonight. We're going to invite you to hang out in the uh, in the green room because we're going to head back a little closer to Charleston. We'll hit on 26 and head over to Woodland uh, with a good buddy of yours as well. Coach Ford's going to join us next out of break, you Coach. Know, but I do want to say because Coach, Coach Ford played high school yeah. football with me. We stay in the same neighborhood. And, uh, man, I, I, uh, this is a great guy, man. I'm going to tell you, I, I, I mean, it was – it was amazing to see a tree that came off of Wayne Farmer and them guys. And but uh, Coach Floyd do a great job. Just just try to steal a couple of plays from him because we play him this year, and I wouldn't <laughs> mind get a couple of plays from him. <laughs> I got you, Coach. And listen, do me a favor. I'm going to catch up with you off the air, but I do want to hit one of your games this year. So if you can let me know a homecoming game, uh, I'm going to be taking some road trips in the season this year, and uh, you guys are definitely on my schedule to hit here in the Low Country or in the Lower State as well, Coach. But uh, Congratulations on two phenomenal years, and we look forward to uh, 13 or more, Coach. That's the number on the sheet here for you next year. So we've kind of set the bar for you uh, heading into the Appreciate spring. It. Appreciate it. Thank you all, guys. All right, Coach, God bless you. Always God a pleasure, you. Coach. Have a great night, and we'll talk to you soon. All right. All right, guys, we've got to take another break. We do want to thank the folks over there at Bamberg Earhart as we are up against the break. Coming up next, we're going to be hanging out with Eddie Ford from Woodland. utmost reports on sports of all sorts let's join Richie Altman and Eugene Benton on Southern Sports Central And welcome, everybody, as we are back with another five-star coach here, coming to you all the way from Woodland High School, the one, the only, Coach Eddie Ford. Coach, good evening, and welcome to Southern Sports Central once again, my friend. How you doing, Rich? Man, we had to bring you in some entertainment tonight, man. You get stone cold. I figured it was, it was pretty good there, as many years as you've been doing it. I don't know if you got anything going on over there, buddy, but I feel like I'm ready to get after you. You guys are killing it tonight, and I just want to say, 
thanks for hanging out with me and uh, some of our closest friends around the state. Oh, no question. No question. I mean, anytime I got a chance to talk ball or promote our program or anything on, on that sort, I love it. I love it. I definitely appreciate you for considering me th- this opportunity to talk about our program. Now, I think it was a pretty good segue, Coach. We just had on another guy that you played high school football with, that you're alumni, by the way, who coaches at your alumni, right? Uh, Bamberg Earhart's very own uh, Mr. Crosby uh, was uh, asking a few questions. I don't know if you were online when, uh, when, when he was talking about it there towards the end. He said to try to get a few players and plays from you because I think you guys are hanging out uh, on a Friday night coming to you soon. Uh, my only question is, are y'all going to Bamberg or is Bamberg coming to Woodland? I, I think they're coming to Woodland the first time around. So it'll 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 be a little different, but yeah, me and Coach Crosby, I kind of caught the tail end of it, but um, no, we grew up together, right around the corner from each other, played ball together from seventh, eighth grade all the way through high school, and I was a couple years older, but you know he was a bigger kid, you know he was had football DNA, his brother was a really good player, so he was always around, and um, you know we just. Nobody ever would have thought that we'd have got into this coaching thing, and he'd be back at Bamberg coaching his alma mater, and I'd be right down the road at Woodland coaching those guys. You guys are doing it well, both of you guys, having a hell of a career at coaching. I mean, uh, watching what you've done, and you and I actually got a chance to get to know each other pretty well during COVID. Is You know, I teamed up with Ken Brown and the guys at the Blitz, and before that it was all the upstate getting uh, the Blitz Bowl or, or what have you, and then, Ken and I were able to work together to put uh, the lower state versus the upper state, and we brought the first ever senior bowl to your backyard. Uh, and of course, I tell you, you got a what, chance to coach that, and what a blast that was! Oh, no question. Uh, and it was during the COVID year, and that's back when you know there weren't any all-star games for any kids. I don't think North South did anything that year. I'm not sure about. I don't think the Shrine Bowl did either. And uh, it was a great opportunity for some kids to finish off their high school careers, particularly kids that. You know, if you're in a situation where you didn't make the playoffs or you didn't, you know, play for a state championship or you didn't quite have the senior year that you thought you would and kids that got into those games, I mean, the kids were grateful, the coaches were grateful, and it was, I mean, it was a breath of fresh air considering that no one else is doing anything like that. And uh, you and Ken and the Blitz Bowl, you guys were so far in front of it and, you know, willing to go out to do that when nobody else would, I thought was a major a major blessing. And the good thing is by being the only bowl really that year, we had great players in that game. I mean, we have guys that I still watch guys now. Uh, The kid from Myrtle Beach, he's playing in North Carolina, and he's actually, like, playing. Uh, T.J. Sanders that played in the game, I mean, he's killing it at South Carolina. I mean, just to name a few guys, but we had some really great players. And we had a really good staff. Actually, me and Coach Crosby, uh, he was on the yeah, staff. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And I believe I, I believe the bro- I think his brother was on the staff too. I think you had yeah. both Crosby's with you, didn't you? Yes, both of those it, guys it, it were on very staff. Fun. Yes, um, yeah. Rodney I mean, Mooney, he, he was on the staff. We so we had a really good coaching staff that year. We had very older, knowledgeable guys, you know, that knew how to relate to kids. And you know, in a situation like that where you've got two and a half days, or really three days, to kind of put a plan in and get it going and, and, and look effective doing it. I mean, you've got to have guys that know what they're doing, and we really had a we really had a really good staff. And, you know, when we brought it to you and Coach Cyber, you know, his favorite saying is 99 problems and whatever it is ain't one. And I looked at him and I said, well, Coach, uh, let's do an all-star game. And he told me the same thing. He goes, 
man, 99 problems and having a, a bowl game here ain't one of them. So we can we can do this. <laughs> Uh, I thought he put together a great game and or great, you know, facility. He made sure now with that golf cart uh, got some miles on it that day because he was riding <laughs> circles like he was a Daytona. <laughs> yeah, I've, but, uh, I've got I tell to you, give what, you guys Coach, have a great facility. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've I've got to give Coach Cyber, our athletic director. I mean, I've got to give him all the credit in the world because, um, you know, I really didn't know what Woodland was about facility wise, and you know, because by the time I got there, everything was either upgraded or in process of being upgraded. And, uh, you know, we've got the turf field under his watch. We've got the Mondo track. I think that was about 300 grand. Um, you know, we got the field house built. Uh, they did a lot of stuff with the gym floor. I mean, our baseball facility got redone. Softball facility got redone. I mean, he's, I mean, he's a wheeling and dealing athletic director now. And he does, he makes it a point to do, what's best for the coaches, and he makes sure he does what's best for the kids. And he does a and, great I job. Mean, now, let's you know, look at what you've done. Go ahead. Oh, no, go ahead. Go ahead, Rich. No, I was just going to tell you that in 12 years of you being a head coach, you spent, what, seven years at Allendale Fairfax, five years at Woodland, right? So you got 22 players who have all gone and, and, and played at the next level. And i tell you this, on the radio, off the radio, and I say everybody else in Dorchester, all the way down to Charleston, man, you have put more more dudes at the next level, and, and of course, D1, than, than I would say almost all these schools added up together in the last five years at Woodland. You've done an amazing job. I mean, look at your record. It stands by itself, 97 and 39 with five region titles, one state championship appearance, and three lower state appearances, Coach. I mean, you have done it and done it the right way. And, and again, it goes with your athletic director, five-star, the head coach, Five star, and every coach that I've seen you bring in, and you've gone through some because you've put them in other positions to be, you know, grow from where they're at. But I just watch you as coaches. I mean, your tree continues to get stronger and longer uh, year after year as guys take what they know here and then go somewhere else and have an opportunity to maybe be a coordinator or maybe be a head coach somewhere. Well, I'll tell you what, um, uh, first and foremost, I, I've got to give credit to my coaches. I mean, we've had some turnover, but, I mean, the guys come in and they work. I mean, they do the right things. They, you know, it starts by just hiring really good guys that that want to work, first and foremost, and they have to be able to relate to kids. And um, right. we've been fortunate enough. I mean, <clears throat> Cyber's got a big hand in it, but, you know, we find guys that are interested. In, I mean, it's hard to get coaches to come out to Little Old Woodland, you know, because there's so many other places in Dorchester County where you can go work, but – I mean, it's it's been a blessing to get really good coaches. And even though with the turnover, you still get good coach after good coach. And, I mean, we have coaches leave for a variety of reasons. And I tell coaches all the time, young and old, if you are leaving for an opportunity to improve what you're doing and for your family, be, you know, you know be more than welcome to, to go ahead and leave. And I'll support you in any way I can. And then to add to that, I mean, we've just – We've been fortunate in these five years that we've hit a really good stretch and we've had some really good players. But beyond being good players, they're really good academically, high-character kids, because those are the kids that we promote to go to the next level. You've got to be a high-character kid. Academically, you've got to be able to fit the bill. And obviously, in the community, in the building, your character's got to be strong. And those are the kids that we promote. But we've been it's just been a blessing to get those type of kids and then this not only that, 
I mean, I'm not tooting my own horn, but I got, you know, Coach Cyber, who could be a head coach, Boston's coordinator, Brooks Burnett. Uh, he's going to be the next really, really good coach in the low country or wherever he chooses to go because he's deserving of an opportunity, and I think he's going to get one really soon. But saying that, all three of us between – we all have a really good network with college coaches. Like, I may know a bunch of coaches at this school but may not know them at this school, and Cybert may know them or Brooks may know them. And then we fight like lions to get our kids in school because at the end of the day, you know, you want to do what's best for them, but you want to give them an opportunity to play at the next level. But it's bigger than that. You want to go. You want them to go to college, get educated, and then get out and become a productive man. To come out and be a good father. To come out and be a good provider. And you know, we kind of make it bigger than just football. And you're just playing college football, because at the end of the day, the air is going to go out of the ball, and you've got to be able to stand on your own as a man. We're hanging out up here at Woodland High School with the one and only coach. Eddie Ford, as we talk about uh, the Wolverines and the things that they do, 22 players have gone on to the next level. He's got one, by the way, who's uh, up in Columbia uh, as a big offensive lineman. That's a man-child at the age of seven, if I can remember the first time I ever saw this young fellow. He was big when he was small. But, uh, Coach, one name that comes to my heart, you already know which direction I'm going here. And uh, I watched this young man. Uh, it was the last time uh, in 2000, I believe, 19. Uh, I went over – or might have been 2020 – uh, when Somerville made the road trip right up Highway 78, pulled into the parking lot and played a football game uh, against uh, the Wolverines. I was the voice of the Somerville Green Wave, and there was a young man that his name was LeVar Davis Jr., a massive wide receiver. I mean, uh, you know, I've seen some Davises do some big things in Somerville with one of those, the Shaq Davis, and that's his cousin, if I'm not mistaken, but LeVar was a little different. I remember talking to him after the game, and I talked to his parents, and the kid had such a heart, such a vision, and such a such a dreamer at the age, of course, his senior year, knew that he was going to go to Virginia, knew that he was chasing his dreams, and he knew what was what he had earned, but he was very appreciative of everything. I can't even imagine, Coach, when you guys got that phone call or when you got that conversation. You know, I saw the community in tears all the way from Woodland up in St. George all the way down to – the waters of, of Folly Beach and everything in between because anybody who ever had a chance to meet this young man, like myself, yeah, he touched your heart in a different way, but he also brought that community up at St. George closer than I ever thought I could ever see it uh, because you guys are a very tight-knit family, Coach. Uh, tell us how that helps, you know, I guess maybe molded you to be a little different coach than you are today as you get to talk to these kids uh, and went through probably one of your toughest times ever as a head football coach. Well, i tell you what, Lavelle, Lavelle was – he he was an unforgettable athlete. I mean, he was a great football player, a uh, great character. I mean, he was a really great individual. I mean, there was nothing that he wouldn't do for you or anybody else. I mean, he was he always had a friendly ear. He always had that he always had that smile that'll melt an iceberg. I mean, he you never really saw him out of order. Um, his mom and dad, you know, Lavelle Senior and Miss Simone, they did a great job with him you know, developing him into the young man that he was. And he wasn't hard to coach. I mean, now granted, he had a lot of physical tools that the average person, the average players don't have, but he was very easy to coach. He absorbed everything that you taught him, um, you know, and all our coaches kind of played a part in, in helping his development. And, you know, saying all that, it was really tough on the community. I mean, with any kid, it's it's, it's going to be tough, whether, you know, He's just a regular student or, or, you know, he's your 
all state, you know, all everything wide receiver. And it's tough on a community when you lose a kid of his character and, you know, what he represented not only for himself and his family, but what he represented for Woodland High School and then what he represented for the University of Virginia. I mean, just an outstanding young man. And then it really kind of, you know, it it really kind of, it was a gut kick for everybody. I mean, for the kids, for the coaches. I mean, you know, you just, sometimes you just can't believe that things happen because, you know, when I got the call that morning, you know, you just, you're just still in disbelief. You're like, no, there's no way that happened. But, you know, it did. And, um, you know, we still miss him. You know, we still got his pictures up in the locker room. I mean, it's not a day that don't go by that I didn't, some, at some point he crosses my mind. And, um, you know, it's, like I said, it's just a whole, it's just a whole, it was just a messy experience, but, you know, we were just grateful for the time that we've had with Lavelle and the impact that he had on our team and our community. And, Coach, to be, you know, to get into this part with you, you know, to watch all these Virginia coaches that came down and, and Virginia students that came down, I mean, uh, it was almost like there was there, there was a huge amount of uh, extra people that had come into St. George during his service. And, and just to hear – all the wonderful things, and, and you're right, Coach. I talked to him on the sideline after I was leaving. I had all my stuff, and my producer had brought everything down. I'm walking out of the stadium, and he just—I stopped and I looked at him because the game, you know, it was a heck of a ball game. Um, but you could just see he felt like he could have pulled that one out. And he remember looked at me, and he was just like, you know, come back and oh, watch no me question. next week. And I looked at him, I said, <laughs> man, I, I got it. If I could, I would, because <laughs> he was electric. <laughs> Every time he was on the field, something was going to happen. But he's the same guy off the field, Coach. And I guess that's what I was getting at was the character of the young men, not just Lavelle, but, but you mentioned the young man because you sent another gentleman, if I'm not mistaken, the Virginian now who's up there. you got a young man that's yes. in South Carolina uh, right now uh, who's heading that way. The character is what's the most important thing that you continue to instill in these kids who have your good character off the field. That character will come to you on the field, Coach. And I have yet to meet any of your players who aren't five-star guys off the field and really hardworking, striving to be the best they can be on the field, Coach. And I think that goes a lot to the coaching staff that you guys have really instilled that in these young men. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I mean, did you, I, you couldn't have said it any better. Uh, it's not all me by any means. <laughs> by any means, it's not all me. I mean, I'm fortunate enough that um, all of my coaches, except for two of them, are in our district and. Most of them are in the high school. So our guys really don't have a way out because there's eyes on them all the time. And that's what we do. We emphasize being high character, doing the right things in the building, doing the right things in the classroom, conducting yourself like a young man, and also make sure you're representing our program the right way. You know, we can't have football guys running around the building there being the worst kids in the school because now that's a reflection of the team and that is also a reflection of the leadership that, of myself and the things that I would allow, which, you know, I guys know that's, that's non-negotiable. One thing that I do want to get into you now, Coach, is we start to look at some of the things around the game of football, and, and of course, one of those is a lot's changing. We see this. You've got 12 years of head coaching and multiple years uh, before that, Coach. You played high school ball. You played college ball. You've seen a lot of changes, but did we ever think we'd see some of the things today? I brought this 
with every coach that had come in here tonight with us, and that is the open enrollment. Now, you may be a district of one, right? There's only one in, 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 in Dorchester County District that you're in right now, DD1. Uh, but Highway 78, man, has been quite the yellow brick road and done some great things. You know, are, are you guys excited about that? I mean, let's just be honest, Coach. I mean, are you all excited about the possibility of, of, of saying, look, man, you're only 20 minutes down the street. Let's just be honest, man. I got the resume to show you. Come on in. Let's play some football and everybody wins. I mean, I, I, I kind of look at it from both sides. Um, sure. At Woodland, we, we, we don't have kids that leave and go other places. Um, and I think that's a reflection of what me and my staff have, have kind of developed in the culture that we've developed over the years. Um, and I always say if you're doing something right, I don't think the kids will ever leave. That being said, but I also see it from the other side. I mean, I, I get that, you know, at the end of the day, I mean, kids want to play. They want an opportunity to play. And, I mean, if they're in a situation where they're at a bigger school and they can't get on the field and, I mean, they can come right down the road to, to us and play, I mean, you know, we're not turning anybody away. But at the same time, you know, they've got to be a high-character kid and um, they've got to believe in what we're doing and, you know, a lot of those things. But, um, yeah, I mean, I kind of look at it from a lot of different angles because, I mean, I've, I get it. I mean, we've had kids transfer to us, and uh, some of those kids were fortunate enough to get scholarships. And, I mean, we're in a we're in a situation we're, with this generation of kids now. They want to play. Um, they want to play in an offense that translates to college football. They want to get recruited. And, I mean, I you kind of hate to say it's a selfish deal, but, I mean, I mean it, it kind of is because, you know, you're trying to basically transfer and create value for yourself to get to the next level. And if you're at a place that you're not winning or the coach doesn't do a good job promoting kids and getting them in school, I mean, why not? Coach, you nailed it on the head there as we're hanging out on the campus right now. Woodland High School's very own Coach Eddie Ford as uh, I believe, Coach, heading into your sixth year this year as the head football coach over there with the Wolverines. But you said yes, it, Coach. I don't, I don't see anybody leaving Woodland, but I see a handful of buses coming your way. And, and again, why wouldn't you want to go somewhere where you're winning right now, the opportunity is winning, the grades, the, the, you're checking all the boxes, right? And that's how I look at this open enrollment. And I'm asking you because you and I, of course, we have conversations on and off the air, on and off the phones when we see each other, as we did up in Myrtle Beach uh, a few months back over there at the North-South game. We hung out over there at your table. And, uh, you know, you're a student of the game. You're a former player of the game. But the most importantly, you love the game. And those who make that game what it is is our student athletes. Um, when, when you look at that, though, Coach, we got rules that are out here. What are some of the rules that you would like to see? If you could change any rule out there in high school football come Friday night, what would you change? Ooh, that's a great question. Well, a couple of them. The first one's kind of already already been changed by with the uh, executive committee, you know, enforcing the multiplier and kind of leveling things mm-hmm. out and creating some type of balance. But the second thing that I probably would change would be like the lower state championship games. I probably would play those games at a lower site, at a neutral site. I apologize. But and I say that because – you could you could be a team in the lower state, maybe like you're in Beaufort County, and you're a rock throw away from from Georgia, and you could be playing in the lower state championship. Depending on how the brags are shaped up, you could be playing somewhere in the upstate, playing a school that's right on the North Carolina line. So in my mind, it's not really fair for fans to have to travel from the bottom half of the state 
all the way to the upper half of the state when they could just be played at a neutral site somewhere. And that's probably one thing I would change because that would kind of create nobody would have the home field advantage, and I think you could get more folks showing up. You know, the one thing, Coach, that I look at that I see is the already predetermined who's home and who's away. I said this earlier before we got you guys in the room with us, and that mm-hmm. is you can go undefeated and your very first game is on the road because it's already predetermined prior to. I kind of wish we would look at that. And then there's that eight-quarter <laughs> rule that, you know, we've all kind of touched and go. What is your thoughts on the eight-quarter rule? Well, I'll tell you what. I've uh, When I was in Allendale, I mean, we that's how we built our program. Um, our JV kids, they would play on Thursday night, and um, we dressed most of them on Friday. And we were fortunate in Allendale that we were winning a lot of games, and we were able to play those young kids. We were able to play those JV kids on Friday night. So they were playing two games, and I understand now with the, the medical reports and everything like that, you know, that's a little difficult to do. But it really made our program thrive because those kids would play on Thursday. And then on Friday night, they would come back and they would play again. And then they would play against better competition. And I was, I mean, we were in favor of it. But at the same time, at the same time, that's just, you know, it's it's, it's kind of tough to do now. I mean, with all the concussion issues and the injuries and, you know, they're doing medical studies on it now. So I hope they bring something similar back, maybe like a six-quarter rule where you can play, you know, a total of six quarters, maybe three one night and three the next night. But, you know, I I was definitely all for it, but I know times have changed, and, you know, we got to think safety first with these kids and everything like that. But, you know, for smaller schools, it is really difficult to field JV teams because you just don't have the numbers to have a JV team and a varsity team just because – you know, now those kids that would normally play JV and then be backups on Friday night for the varsity, those kids got to be backups on the varsity, and you kind of just got to kind of ditch your JV program. Right. And that's meanwhile, you got other kinda, bigger schools yeah. having A, Bs, and Cs teams. I mean, you got you know another school not too far down the road. They've got a B, C, a T, a C team, a D team. I mean, and here are yes. some of the smaller schools struggling just to have a JV team, you know. So there's yeah. got to be some type of fairness involved here, Coach. That's kind of no our question. I mean, it's other sports central, right? Yeah, it's, it's it's tough. And, I mean, like I said, you know, small school, you don't have the numbers. And a lot of small schools, they just play middle school and then they play varsity football. So a lot of those kids, they right. go from eighth grade straight to the varsity. And, I mean, it's nobody's fault with the numbers yield. But, I mean, I just think there's got to be some type of compromise at some point to – because your kids, they get better by playing. And if your ninth and 10th graders aren't good enough to play on the varsity, but they would have been good enough to play on the JV, then you're kind of stymieing their development. But, you know, they don't pay me to figure that out. <laughs> and I wish they did. But, well, Coach, um, you got a, you know, you got a, you got a, you got a handful of good years, man. Who knows? We may see you on the high school board if they keep it around here in a, in a couple <laughs> of years. I, I think you're, you'd get my vote. Uh, let me ask you this question here. Uh, when you look at, okay. at a coach that's kind of prepared you, and, and, and you remember playing high school ball, we all have that coach, kind of like our teacher, that we might not have liked them when we were there, but we look back and, you know what, they actually did a pretty good job with us. Uh, who was the coach that kind of you said, you know what, I think I might want to coach one day, and here you are. 12 years of being a high school football coach, the head coach, and many years of coaching uh, at other levels here. Uh, what was one coach that kind of had an inspiration on you 
uh, that's landed hey, you I, here years later? I got a couple of them. Um, I, I played for Wayne Farmer in high school, who's now the head coach at Calhoun County. And, you know, he was he was a he was tough, but he was a player's coach. I mean, he'd work the crap out of you, but you could talk to him about anything. And, I, you know, I kind of thought in high school, man, I'd like to kind of be like Coach Farmer and coach a little bit, but it didn't really sink in then. And then once I started playing college football, um, I, my position coach was Tommy Spangler, who's now the safeties coach at Furman University. And I tell you what, he was the biggest butt and the toughest coach that you would ever want to play for. I mean, he was as hard on you as anybody at anything. But at the same time, you know, when I was done playing, I realized the lessons that he taught about hard work, discipline, doing the right things, and I wouldn't have wanted any other coach. And I said to myself, you know what, this is what the feeling I want to give high school kids, you know, feeling like I'm giving back to them, and hopefully the kids that I'm coaching are learning life lessons from me and it's rubbing off. And not just for them to come back and coach high school football, but for them to go on and become better men, you know, better dads and better things like that. Because at the end of the day, that's why you're doing it. You're trying to make better young men in this game. Hanging out and wrapping it up with one of the best in the business here around the great state of South Carolina, our good buddy, uh, Coach Eddie Ford at Woodland High School here. The Wolverines are in-house here with Southern Sports Central. Coach, before we get you out of here, uh, next week we're going to bring some of the younger guys, uh, some of these uh, young fellas who just got their whistle as the head football coach for the first time. And maybe there's a couple coordinators and maybe some guys that are getting ready to graduate high school and think, well, maybe not playing in college, but maybe I could come back and coach in high school. Give us a few good tips and some advice that you can leave behind here. Uh, and we, again, will appreciate your time tonight. Well, i tell you what I would advise first year coach. One, um, just make sure you, you take the right job if you have options. You know, you want to work for people and an administration that's going to support you, win, lose, or draw. Uh, you want to work for an athletic director. You want to be in a district that kind of that'll put resources into the program because you know you can be the greatest first year head coach in the world, but if you don't have a support system from your administration, if you don't have the resources, it's going to be tough to to succeed in that aspect of it. And also, I mean, I would tell first year coaches hire staff that is knowledgeable, hire staff that loves kids. And if they're not knowledgeable, hire staff, hire guys that are willing to work to become knowledgeable. Because if they're willing to work, then they'll develop kids. So my thing would be, you know, make sure you got the right working for the right administration, resources are being put in, hire coaches that are knowledgeable, hire coaches that love kids, and believe in what you do. Have a vision that you can sell not only to kids, but you can sell their parents. Yep. And make them understand that, you know, Sometimes you don't get the results you want in the very beginning, but if you're doing it the right way, you're loving the kids, and you just keep plugging, eventually, you know, the results will come. It comes back to being able to sell your vision to the kids, the community, your administration, because it doesn't happen overnight with most first-year coaches. And depending on the job you take, it may not happen year two. But if you keep building and you're doing it the right way, it'll work. And then I also would tell young coaches, don't be afraid to call other coaches to see what they do and how their program is built. 
because at the end of the day, that's why we're in this thing. I mean, it's a brotherhood. You've got to be able to call coaches you know that at successful programs. And most coaches I know, I mean, nothing's a secret anymore. You know, nobody's got the secret sauce. Some guys are wanting a whole lot more than others. But, I mean, for the most part, I think in this state, you know, there's, there's a pretty strong brotherhood amongst coaches. And if you're a young coach and you need advice or help or anything like that, I think most coaches can lean on and call other coaches to see what they're doing and how they do it, to, you know, just to, you know, to help establish and build your program. Well, Coach, you're doing what you're doing it, and you're doing it the right way, guys. This guy's let's – look, let's look at the record. It speaks for itself. I mean, you got to say in, in the 12 years, he's 97-39. and 39. He's got five region titles. He's made a state championship appearance, three lower state championships. You can go back. He played high school ball at Bamberg Earhart where they just produced his studs year after year, and he played some college ball over there at PC with a uh, Presbyterian as a defensive back. So, Coach, again, always a pleasure catching up with you. Always greatly appreciated you and, of course, Coach Cyber supporting Southern Sports Central. I still think y'all got one of the coolest logos uh, over there with uh, the – it almost looks like Wu-Tang Clan over there. I love it, uh, <laughs> but it definitely stands out. <laughs> I got me a fine line between tough and crazy and you're flirting with it. <laughs> See what happens yeah. when Eugene pushes buttons. That, uh, uh, I appreciate you, Coach, and again, man, for everything that you do on and off the field, uh, you know, in your community, all the way down uh, to anywhere that you seem to, to hang out, man. I watch guys flock to you in Myrtle Beach, and it's because you're just a five-star dude. So uh, thank you for all that you do. Thank you for being a great person and an amazing coach, and uh, I can't wait to catch up with you soon. No, I appreciate you, Richard. Thank you for the opportunity for getting to talk a little bit and also to talk about our program and how we do things over at Willow High School. We, we definitely thank you. Well, we're coming to do a show live, and I told you guys this before. We're going to hit the streets here in 24, and uh, we'll be over there with you guys soon, and uh, we'll catch up with you here in the next couple of days, buddy. Thanks again, Coach. Enjoy the night. I appreciate you, Richard. Thank you very much. Always a pleasure with the one and only. That, of course, is the head football coach from Woodland High School, Coach Eddie Ford. We'll be right back. You're on the couch, blowing up my phone. You don't want to come out, but you don't want to be alone. Don't People say you, you have to have a lot of passion for what you're doing, and it's totally true. And the reason is, uh, is because it's so hard that if you don't, any rational person would give up. And after all, if you do really like what you're doing, it doesn't matter what it is. You can eventually turn it, uh, you could eventually become a master of it. The only way to become a master of something, to be really with it. And anything you can be interested in, you'll find others who are. But it's absolutely stupid to spend your time doing things you don't like in order to go on spending things you don't like or doing things you don't like and to teach your children to follow in the same track. If you're not willing to risk, you cannot grow. And if you cannot grow, you cannot become your best. And if you cannot become your best, you can't be happy. And if you can't be happy, then what else is there? You have to harness your will to say, I'm going to challenge myself. Sometimes I have to pull myself out of bed and say, come on, Glenn. Things I know I should do, I don't do. Things I shouldn't do, I do. I found that the biggest enemy you have to deal with is yourself. So deciding as you look at your life, as you look into the future and say, what fears am I holding on to? What fears that I'm allowing to imprison me? It's 
keeping me from breaking out. That's keeping me from li- Now, back to Southern Sports Central. Like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. And give us a call at 323-784-9681. Let's rejoin Richie and Eugene on Southern Sports Central. And welcome, everybody. It is an amazing show here with not one, not two, or three. We got four solid five-star coaches, and here we are with a state championship coach. Right here with us, the one and only Coach Brian Lane from Westside, the 2024 4A state champions. Coach, the Rams are in the house tonight, and we're glad you joined us here on this beautiful Wednesday night. Oh, man, thanks for having me, man. I, I, I appreciate the, the invite. I tell you what, you may have one of the best post games I've seen after a state championship win. Um, I've watched it and and played it over and over on our social media and tagged you guys in it because the one thing is to getting them to believe, but then watching that believing happen for four quarters in a game that, quite frankly, it was against a very good South Lawrence team that you've actually got some connection to, if I'm not mistaken, looking at your resume. Uh, So it was probably a little close to home. Uh, in many ways, uh, Coach, but uh, tell us about it, man. What was it like to get that state championship game under your belt, man? I, I would imagine I would probably still have that trophy at the house with me. <laughs> well, I mean, first off, man, you know, uh, those guys over at South Florence, man, they, they do a great job. Coach Marlowe, man, he does a great job. You know, they were, uh, you know, had a 29-game win streak going and, and you know, you know first-year first head coach over there at Westside coming in. You know, I don't know, uh, you know, I use that for our guys, uh, you know, it's kind of us against the world mentality and, you know, use that nobody really respects us, nobody knows our name. You know, every time we get picked, we don't ever, you know, last three games we played, nobody picked us to win it, you know. And so I felt like, you know, I say, you know, there's an old story about Muhammad Ali that I that I told him and, um, and about saying his name and, and uh, the guys rallied behind it. I said, you know, basically, well, everybody's gonna have to say our name when it's over. We gotta, we gotta do it. You know, they don't want to say our name now, but they're gonna say it later. And and our guys, man, I mean, just hats off to them and our administration, man. Just listen, listen to the last segment. You know, our, uh, you know, coach talking about administration and uh, and have the support, man. It's just unbelievable with, with Mr. Roberts, you know, Corey Roberts and Jeremy West and. Uh, it, it was just a great experience, you know. Hadn't won a state championship there since 1969, and uh, so it's just been great for the community. We're hanging out with the head football coach of the Rams of Westside State Championship Rams, if you will. Say their name and remember their name, as uh, they did a phenomenal job uh, going against a team that, as a matter of fact, was state champions the year before. So it was a heavyweight matchup, coaching. How did you kind of go into this game? You kind of mentioned a little bit. I know a lot of other guys kind of were picking other teams, one, two, three. You get to the state championship game. But but almost you kind of walk into this game, you know, with a little chip on your shoulder going, look, (laughs) this is the best position we could be in, guys, because they're not looking at us. They're looking at them. But let's leave them with something to think about as we walk out of here with a trophy tonight. Y'all did that in style. Um, And, again, that was one of my most – I watched that game and thought to myself, this was probably one of the best games out of the weekend. 
Yeah, uh, yeah, we came into the game, you know, um, you know, I knew about South Florence, you know, obviously, you know, being I was down there for one year. Uh, that was my first head coaching job, you know, uh, Mike Watts gave it to me, you know, those those guys down there. And, and uh, so I know, I knew what kind of, you know, talent pool they had down there. And, and um, so I knew it was going to be a tough game. And, uh, and, and going into it, it was kind of, they, they were, they were good at what we were weak at. Um, and that was a run, uh, at least at the beginning of the year. Uh, my defense coordinator, DeAndre Martin, just did a phenomenal job all year, just getting better each week in our run stop and our run stop and our run stop. And, and um, you know, the good thing about us with Cutter Woods, at quarterback, and we had Tank, Tank uh, Boston and Josh Williams and D. Robertson and Marco um, Evans and, uh, we had a lot of firepower. Jay McClintock, we had a lot of firepower. Sherrod Richardson, I, I can keep going on and on with the firepower we had um, on offense. And uh, so I knew we could score points. You know, it was going to be could we stop, you know, that, that three-headed monster that they had. And, and up front, man, we were just huge. And and uh, we got the right stops at the right time. Didn't start out. We started out okay, scored first, but they went up. You know, two we had two costly mistakes, had a turnover on a kick return, and then we threw a pick the next series, and you know it's just twenty to seven, and you're looking like, wow, you know, if we don't do something, they could just hold the ball and just mash us down the field. But you know, our guys, you know, we've been doing it all year, just not giving up and believing in each other, and and uh, it, it was just a real great victory, you know, to win it, uh, you know, the last second, you know, uh, it, it was just a great victory for us. Now, Coach, you win the trophy, you know, you win the game, you take the trophy home. What was it like there? And, and that's one of the things that I love. Again, we talk about small-town USA. We talk about towns that, that shut down and, and really get up for Friday Night Lights. But, yeah, where you guys are located, very similar. I mean, Friday nights are, are, are a big deal, and that's where everybody's at. What was it like when y'all went home and you brought that trophy home since the first time since 1969? Uh, the parade, uh, the atmosphere, uh, kind of tell us a little bit about what it was like to put that thing back up in the air after so many years. Oh, yeah, 100%. I mean, um, it's crazy. We actually left because, you know, we planned, we, we played a 12 o'clock game. Oh, or it was an early, I can't remember if it was 12 or 1, but we played an early game. So I didn't want to drive down there that morning. So we actually spent the night the night before. And uh, but leaving the school, I mean, I mean, from our – from our driveway of our school, pull it out. I mean, it's probably six miles to the interstate, to 85. And, um, I mean, we had people just all through those six miles up and down the road as we drove by blowing the horn, police escort. You know, it was just great to see those guys, our kids have never seen a police escort, you know, going through red lights. But it was just awesome. And, and to win in the fashion we did, to be down the whole game and, and then win it with the last, in the last 16 seconds of the game, you know, when we got back, I mean, it was at least 600 people waiting on us. I mean, you would have thought we had a home game. The parking lot was full. The buses couldn't even pull in because everybody's standing, you know, right there in front of the buses trying to give people high fives. I saw a bus driver like this blown on. Y'all got to get out of the way. So I don't hit anybody. And, it was just an incredible scene um, with the community support. And, and uh, what's funny is, they, you know, I, we just pulled in for the state championship. It's like, Coach, we're ready for another one. 
That's just how it is when you when you, when you win, you know. And but it, it was just you know it was just a great uh, it's been a great experience and um, you know and in, in the out corner box community you know we've been to the city council the county council school board we went down to the state house on win, uh, Wednesday this past Wednesday on the fourteenth um, and. We got a couple of more. Been to churches, you know. Everybody wants us to come in, and I tell my guys, you know, this is a part of it. When you when you win, you represent your community. Everybody wants to see you, so you show up for them. Right. It's like they showed up for you, and this is just it's a little bit bigger than 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 um, than state championship. I want these guys to understand that, and and they've been doing a great job. Hanging out with the state championship head coach over there, of course, at Westside. The one and only coach, Brian Lane, joins us here tonight on Southern Sports Central. Glad to be back on the air with you guys. Coach, you know, and, and you nailed it right there. What, what a great way for you to segue to my next conversation with you, and that is there's so much more than just winning that. It, it, it's almost like you become a star overnight. I mean, and, and if these kids have never experienced this, it's hard to understand this, but it started the moment they got on that bus. They were different than they were when they got off the bus, right? Everybody watches them everywhere they go, from the local convenience store to the Walmarts to wherever it is they go. They know that that's your guy, right? It's almost like watching a Friday Night Lights or a Remember the Titans movie for you guys over there. And watching you guys win the way you did all all year. I mean, to be honest, y'all won by by man after man after man stepping up. There wasn't just that one guy. No, you had 60-plus guys. And every night it seemed like you had a different guy to give a game ball to. And I applaud that to your coaching staff and to the team there for playing together as a team, and that's what ended up winning that state championship at the end of the night. Oh, uh, 100%. I mean, you know, we, we I, I preach it all year. You know, we break it down. I say together, I can't say rise. And so we, we that's how we break it down, and, 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 and that's true. Just like in any sport, you know, you, you've got your leaders here, there, you've got your role players, but, you know, I believe that, that – Everybody, you know, you've got role. Every team has role players, but every person on the team has status, you know. But everybody has a role, and and what that means is, is basically, we're all the same. All the same. It, the, the the third string backup holder is just as important as Cutter Wood. Now the roles are different, but the status is the same. And so, as we, you know, as we clinch, as we clinch together, you know, all year as we, as we hold hands and clinch together, we want to go in each game just, just with that understanding that we're going to fight for each other. And just like any, you know, just like any team, you know, the magic, you know, you wish you could, you know, figure out the magic sauce every year and win a state championship every year, and and you could do it. But one thing that these guys did was, I mean, they they hung together, and I think that's a a big recipe that a part of the state championships, as a, this is my first one as a head coach, uh, but I was uh, an assistant at Burns. We won four in a row. And I would tell those guys the main thing was, I mean, they hung out together. The main thing was they, they loved each other. And uh, and that's what we tried to do between quarterback, cut of wood, you know, picking up guys, taking them to church. I mean, he, he got a van, rented a van. He rents a van every Sunday. And then the church started kind of, written it for him if he was going around picking up kids and bringing them to church and just eating at our house, all line eating every Wednesday with the O line coaches and it, it was just a it's a phenomenal thing on what on what our guys did to come together to uh to achieve that goal and and and, uh, and we're working just just continually working day in and day out to, to to obviously you know you want to repeat it 
But it's tough to repeat. You know, it's tough to repeat. But at the end of the day, our, our goal is to, you know, really do the habits. You know, I talked to about habits over goals. Um, if, if, if you can get your habits right, the goals will come, you know. Um, so, you know, it's not a lot of talk about championships and things like that. It's just, I mean, what did you do today? Did you, what did you do today? So, you know, that's a, that's a part of it. And, you know, and, and you're talking about the spotlight. Uh, that's huge, you know. Uh, you know, each week, especially in the playoffs, I, I'm telling them, it, it's getting a lot of, you know, that's one thing about the spotlight. It's bright, but it also get hot, <laughs> you know, if you're too close to the spotlight. <laughs> you know, and so I, I try to tell them each week, yeah, it's getting a little hotter and hotter each weekend, you know. And, um, and and the guys understand, and, you know, you want them to, you know, you want them to continue to bond together, and, and, and they did that all year, man. And, and so, you know, I was very proud yeah, of very my proud friends, of my coaches. Coach, I'm looking at your resume, and, and it's as impressive as the season that you guys just had over there, of course, at Westside. But I look at where you started. Of course, South Florence, uh, you were there for the year, of course. Then you, you made your way around a little bit to get more experience. And, and as I look at this one right here, and, and you see, of course, your time spent there at South Florence, you're going to learn things. Even the time you were there, whether it's a short, long, or, or what have you, from there you go to Woodruff. From there you go back to your alumni, to Burns High School, which produces – Many stars. I know we think of Marcus Lattimore, but he's one of the many that have come out of that high right. school and done some great things. And then, of course, here right. you are. Uh, you, you spent time at Clover. You're now Westside. Tell me a little bit about each thing that you kind of took along. I mean, you became yeah. a sponge, I would imagine, at your very first coaching job at South Florence and all the way to becoming a state championship coach. Sounds pretty good, by the way, Coach. Uh, now over there at Westside. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's just a journey, man. It's a journey that God's got you on, man. You, you, you never know how things are going to happen, and all you can do is just try to be the best, best you can be for for kids and your family, and who you represent. And you know, I was blessed enough to be a part of a staff at Burns as an assistant. We won, we won four state championships in a row. Um, I was able to get a job at at, at uh, South Florence, and you know, I was only there not long, but. Grew that program, you know, from it, it was, you know, didn't have a lot of kids. It, it, it was like 45 kids, 9 through 12, and we got that thing up to over 100 kids, 100 plus, almost 120. And we'll go on to Woodruff, and, and, and uh, you know, I'm glad that uh, Dr. List and the superintendent there took a shot at me, uh, took a shot on me, I should say, because, you know, I, I, my first year as a head coach, you know, it's always rough. I, I, you know, I heard the last segment coach was talking about, you know, it might not be easy, you know, being a first-time coach. And, buddy, <laughs> I, I went 2-9 and nine my first year as a head coach. And and so I was just incredibly blessed that Woodruff called me. And then the next year, you know, that my second year coaching, you know, we, we go to the, you know, we go to the upper state championship. Uh and then we do that the next four years. Uh, well, I, I missed one in between there because we go to the state in um, in uh, 2011 and Timberland beat the state championship. But I was just blessed enough to to be at the right place at the right time with good administrators, good kids, um, you know. And then I get the burns that sets me up against the burns. And the first two years there, I mean, again, make it to the semis. Uh, then Dutch Fork beats us in the in the series. Make it to the series the next year. We go. Uh, I think in the first two years I was there, I was 
thirteen and, I was twenty six and two, only lost two games, but they were all in the semifinals. Um and and then that next year, that last year, I mean, it was one of those deals where, you know, we had thirty eight seniors but only one senior started and we were just rebuilding, didn't have a very good year, didn't make the playoffs and and then I'm you know, I, I, I shipped off to Clover. And, uh, you know, they're at Clover. You know, it's a traditional running team. You know, they uh, they had won the state championship in 2007, but hadn't had a whole lot of success since. And uh, coming in there, um, you know, getting that program going. And, and uh, again, uh, had a great run in 2019 um, with, with uh, my son playing receiver, you know, who's now at Virginia Tech. He's still at Virginia Tech. He's playing Receiver at Virginia Tech in his last year there, and had a really good group of kids there. And then, um, then this past year, you know, get to West Side, and uh, it's like I told my kids, and I, I spoke at a at a, um, at a at a minority coaches association uh, last month, and and I like I told them, I said, guys, you know, be patient. It took me 142 wins as a head coach to get the one that you really want the, the state championship. So you just got to keep grinding and, and, and keep the faith and, and just keep doing what you're doing day to day. You know, it's habits, habits over goals. <laughs> and, Coach, this is uh, Coach Benton. I'm down here at uh, Berkeley and, and part of the program here actually produced. But I told Richie, I said, man, got to ask him a question because there's something that's been uh, getting to me. So the Berkeley coach that I coach under our head coach is Coach Lodge. And he has a similar tie. Um, I, I would say to you and the guy that, that you're going to uh, get how this come about. So he landed at Berkeley because there's a, uh, a coach that you both know. Um, he was a right. college coach down in Florida that put in this job. And so I saw something on Twitter. Now, we're going down to Winter Park um, in, in week one. We have to go down to Winter Park and play those guys. They'll come to us next year. I'm just curious when you're going to get that home and home in Nashville. <laughs> oh man, uh, Coach Bentley, man, that's that's my guy, man. He, uh, man, Coach Bentley, you know, he was he was actually my offensive coordinator when I was in high school, and and man, I, you know, I was a baseball guy up until the tenth grade. I I thought I was gonna be, you know, playing the major leagues. You know, I, I was pretty fast. I hit the ball pretty good and played center field and and. uh but man, he just opened the door for me one day when he when he explained to me, you know, all right, what are you gonna do when you he drew up cover three? Where the openings at? He drew up cover four. Where the openings? Drew up cover two. Drew up cover six. Where the openings? And when I realized there was a rhyme or reason to the game of football, oh man, I just absolutely fell in love with it. And uh, but now, man, he's so he's a guy that you know he's he's up there you know at a uh, battleground and I, he's gonna get that thing going. But no, man, he's trying to he's trying to cat Williams everybody. That's why I told him. I said, man, you can't cat you can't get Bud for your school trying to get me to come up there, man. And he was just like, oh man, he said we're about you know. And he's like, yeah, we're about a year or two off. Yeah, I said, yeah, I know. I said, y'all ain't ready for this just yet. But but no, he's great, man. And um, and so yeah. he's just trying to you know he's gonna get that thing going up there. With uh, when when Lodge had won the uh, Coach Lodge had won the AC championship. Seminole. Obviously, he had some dudes at Central Florida and South Florida, things like that. So when the job opened up at Berkeley, uh, Bentley was actually the one that turned to him and says, "Hey, you need to apply to this job, man. It's, it's a program down in the Low Country. You know, it's a good job." Da-da-da. So when I saw you guys uh, going back and forth, uh, Bentley, 
tweeting at you saying, hey, man, let's schedule a home and home. And you were like, nah, my schedule's full this year, bum. I was like, I got to ask yeah. him about this. Obviously, I knew oh, you guys. Yeah. It was a good, friendly uh, jabs back and forth, man. Oh, man, you you don't know how many people ask me about that, man. I got so many questions. And, and it, it, it was just, it was funny. It was just funny, man. And uh, But we actually – but we got a we we got a pretty good schedule. It's, it's kind of funny, you know. It's one of those things when you talk to people. And Coach Billy told me this a long time ago. When you start winning, you know, when you're losing, everybody wants to play you. But when you start winning, <laughs> nobody wants to play you. And, and I got my quarterback coming back, and it's just crazy how you, you're trying to find games. And 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 so we're winding up having to play Creekside, uh, Creekside out of Georgia. Uh, they're going to be coming up to us uh, to do a, a double header um, on on the 24th or week zero. Um, uh, we got Prince Avenue going to play Mallet Creek, and then we're going to play um, uh, Creekside, and and hopefully we're trying to get that thing on ESPN. Waiting to hear back from uh, Paragon and different things, and so it might be an ESPN game or or CBS Sports game even. Um, and and then we got a then we got our uh, got. Uh, our rival Hannah, then BHP, and uh, then we play, um, uh, and then we play Prince Avenue out of Georgia, another state championship team, and then we play Weddington out of North Carolina, another state championship team. Yeah, yeah. and uh, then we hit our region. So uh, you know, it, it, it's just it's just one of those things where you know you're successful, and or at least you're trying to become successful. Uh, you know, you gotta, you know, you just just hard to find games, but you gonna play, yeah. you know, you'll play who, you know, we'll play whatever we gotta do, and, and I'm glad that those guys, you know, gonna play us. Yeah, Tommy Knott says that every year can't get nobody to play him. Right. So one more thing, it's not a question, it's more of a comment, and I'm gonna turn you back over to Richie. Uh, I was yeah. at the Shrine Bowl practices because um, I had uh, Coleman, who was the kicker uh, and punter for the right. for the uh, South Carolina team, and man, receiver that dude was electric, athletic, and fun to watch. We caught the uh, the what ended up being the uh, winning touchdown, but man, he was so much fun to watch in that practice that week. Oh yeah, man, Tank Tank Boston, the the you know it's funny in the Upstate Championship game, he makes the interception in overtime to 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 get us to the state championship, and then he makes the catch at, at the end of the game to win us the state championship, and and um. And and I don't know if he's gonna to get to come back for our banquet. We hadn't had our banquet yet. We're doing it March seventeenth. Um, so he's at NC State right now. So uh, shout out to him, man. He's he's just doing a phenomenal job up there. From what I've talked to the coaches, so yeah, Tank Boston, he's the man. Coach, first of all, again, we appreciate your time tonight. But we we want to kind of look at some other questions that we've been asking all the coaches here tonight that. Uh, their thoughts and, and going forward. As you see high school football, you've been doing this a long time. You played it, you're coaching it, uh, and, and it isn't what it was, as they always say, and it is going to change on a daily basis. And it feels like to us in Southern Sports Central that that COVID thing had a huge part of it, and it just hasn't ever gotten back to the normalcy. I guess this is the new normal. As you look at high school football now, compared to it was back in 2018, pre-COVID, are you surprised by some of the changes? And as a head coach, what's some of the biggest changes that you've had to adjust to since those last four or five years? Well, obviously, COVID had a had a big impact on, on everybody, and uh, you know, and I don't think it's just 
it, it's just in athletics, man. I think it's in, you know, it's in, it's in academics. I even think it's in the workforce. You know, I think, you know, with kids, uh, you know, going remote and, and, and doing those things, I think it gave them a sense of that everything can be remote. And, you know, you can't remotely do everything. There's some things you can do remotely, but some things you got to get in there and, and, and sweat and grind and, and be with others and, and get the social skills together. But, yeah, I definitely think, you know, that, that kind of started it off. And, and then now with, with everybody, you know, with the NIL and the transfer portal, Man, uh, high school sports are uh, especially football, but high school sports, man, there it's not going to be the same. Um, uh, you know, until until some things, you know, it's just my opinion, and what's that? You know, get a nickel in that, you can buy coffee, I guess, whatever. But it's it's a it's a situation where it's going to be tough for high school kids to get seen. Now, the top the top two hundred fifty guys in the country. They're gonna get seen. They're gonna if you're you know you're a six foot five, three hundred pound lineman, you know that can they can do a pro agility of of a four 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 five. Yeah, they're gonna you're, you're gonna you're gonna be the top guys. But talking to a lot of my coaches' friends in college and guys coming through to see us recruiting, I always ask that I always ask questions about those. You know, man, how do you see this landscape? Just so I can try to help better my my kids. And I've had coaches just tell me. Uh, Brian, look at this like the NFL draft. You know, colleges are going to deal within the system with free agency and things like that. They're going to – that's the transfer portal. The draft is Mm -hmm. the high school kids. You know, how many people are you going to get in the draft? Uh, You might get five, maybe six. He said, oh, yeah, that's it. He said, every school, they're going to look maybe get five, maybe six guys, and the rest, they're going to be just – transfer portal guys. And so it, it's a challenge. And, and then you throw, you know, NIL in there, you know, it, 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 it's one of these things that's kind of double-edged short for me because my, my younger son, Jalen, you know, he transferred. He's at Middle Tennessee State, and he transferred. And, but it was a tremendous deal for him with NIL and things like that, the collective shots at Virginia Tech. But on the flip side, every day when I'm looking at my kids, you know, it's going to be tough for those mid-level guys that would have been, you know, Group Five or or FCS. Now, right. you know, they're going to have to look at Division Two as the new Division One. You know, that's what that's what all those coaches tell me. Brian, you got to tell your kids Division Two. That's new Division One. They, they they can look at that and then possibly move on from there. But that's kind of, you know, the change, the big change. You know, and I know I kind of skipped around there, but that that's the biggest change I've seen, man, in the, in the past five years, four or five years, is just with with the COVID situation and and now with the transfer portal. You know, coach, if you could have watched me here, I, I literally am writing down things to ask you, and you're answering them as I go. I mean, you talked about the transfer portal, you hit the NIL. I said recruiting D1 is now need D2, D2 is now the D3, NIA is still a thing. And you got to go you where you go. can grow, right? I mean, those are the things. And so you touched all that before I could get to it. So they say uh, <laughs> uh, good minds think alike. So I feel pretty good I'm in good company with you tonight, Coach. You know, when you look at it, though, I think the only question I would have is that can I, I'm a former college athlete. Can I go retro some of my money back? I mean, where was this stuff when we were playing, Coach? I mean, <laughs> I mean people had to right. seek to get me a soda. 
without getting in trouble. You remember Lattimore in his days in South Carolina, somebody gave him a soda in it about costing him his career in Columbia. I mean, right. and here we are now. Right. The last you're worried about is a bag of uh, food from McDonald's from Tennessee exactly. or Burger King or wherever it was that they were giving away. It's crazy. Yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy. It is crazy. And, uh, you know, and, and it's like this. Kids, you know, you can't, you know, I think the portal was set up a certain way, but I think, you know, people find find loopholes, and I think loophole, once you find a loophole of just, well, let's do this, do this, and this, you know, I think it was, I think they started it with good nature. I mean, you know, with a good idea, good premise that, you know, what well, the coaches get to leave, and why can't the kids leave? You know, the schools are making, you know, millions of dollars, and, and why can't the kids make some money? And I think it's, it got right. to the point where, like, it, instead of having some regulations, it was kind of like, well, just just do whatever. And I just don't know if that's the, the best route. You know, I think they got to come, you know, come down with some, you know, maybe, maybe, you know, instead of, all right, you can have maybe transfer once or twice, have a cap on it, and then have a cap on, you know, how many high school kids you have to get. That's what I want to see. Now, that's just. That's just me. I think you know. All right, you got to get a dozen, you know, high school kids every year. I, you know, I think that would open things back up some, but you know, it's still going to be a challenge. You know, I, I look at a lot of it like herding cats right now, Coach. You know, we decided to not open one can, and and let's see if that can works. They open like five cans. You, you know, and right. I, I kind of go both ways as a as a former athlete and and, and all that. I get the playing the players because you're right. I mean, in U.S. South Carolina, our baseball program's always been a revenue. You know, we've always been able to, and, and there aren't many high, many college baseball stadiums or baseball schools that have made money out of their out of, out of college baseball. Right. Columbia's always been one of those schools. That being said, you know, I, I appreciate them giving back to these young guys who are packing out, especially football stadiums. My God, the amount of money they make in just parking, just parking, they're making a, a ton of money. On these athletes, they're out there, you know, risking their life, realistically, and their bodies uh, week after week and day after day. My only concern is, coaches, we give these young men all this money and these young women, all right? Where does it go when, let's say, they don't make it to the pros, they've spent every little bit of money they had in college because they got to get back that loaning car that was part of their NIL deal that nobody knows that it was a loaner, not an owner. Um, who's there to kind of pick up the pieces when they don't get drafted or go to the next level? I mean, there's some psychological issues that I'm worried about as a college guy. That who's going to pick up the pieces there? And then you got your guys there that are like, man, I can't even go anywhere because a guy that was a starter at NC State as a quarterback just hit the transfer portal and he's playing over here. So again, right. you know, playing D1 is almost a dream that that may never be seen for most of our high school athletes. Right. Uh, no, I, I think you're right. I think you made some great points right there. You know. I don't know the I don't know the answer, you know. It's like I said before. I'm 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 happy for my son and, and the situation he's in, and 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 mm-hmm. you know we've got him set up with um, financial planner. Uh, he's set up. He's got some you know he's got some things he's doing with with the money he's got. Now he's now he's not breaking the bank. You know he's not a millionaire. But you know <laughs> when I was when I was twenty one years old, man, I was like, man, I wish I was making this kind of money, but. At the end of the day, you know, he he's doing all right, and that was one of the things that we talked about too. Is like, uh, you know, I do. You got to do a, a, a ten ninety nine now. You know, it's not just W two forms. You got to do a ten ninety nine. You got to 
we got to put this money in the, in a in an account because forty percent of it is going right to the government. I don't know how many high school guys or freshmen or or transport guys that are getting NIL or are receiving the kind of information they need to protect themselves and and things like that. But uh, you know, Jalen, my son, he's cheap like me, so I know he's you know he he's gonna have, he's gonna keep his money for a little while. <laughs> Well, I tell you, Coach, you know, and that's one of the many things that we look at here at Southern Sports Central because we're here to educate you, entertain you, and have a little fun along the way. And and what you've done has had a ton of fun, by the way, and and I'm hoping to catch up with you. I'd like to see you come down to the low country and maybe play a Somerville or a Berkeley. I mean, you know the guy over Berkeley. We make that happen over here um, on the network. But when you look at this, and and before I get you out of here, there's a few things that have changed that are working on changing. Number one is open up the lines. You know, that's a dangerous kind of a uh, a slippery slope um, there. And then, of course, you're talking about uh, the multiplier that just kind of got passed and may or may not stick around because there's that new conversation of uh, somebody taking over the high school league. Coach, talk to me a little bit about those. I don't really want to get in the NIL really tonight, um, but I do want to hear your thoughts on the open enrollment. And basically, if you can get there, you can go there. And then what is your thoughts uh, on, on, of course, some of the other things that you see high school football right now heading in maybe the right or wrong direction? Uh, well, I, I guess I guess for me, I've, I've never been a proponent for, for open enrollment. I mean, I, you know, I've never been. It's just, you know, it, 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 it's gonna, it, it will become a situation where the, the, the rich gets richer and the poor gets poorer um, type deal, you know. But I know schools have, you know, have wanted that, you know, people have wanted that for, for a long time. But for me, I mean, I'm, I'm a tr- traditional guy and man, I, where, where you're, where you, where you're from. I mean, it's, it's good that, that you got a community and, and, and you know, who's there playing and, but you always gonna have guys transfer. I mean, it's, that's, that's the nature of the beast now, you know, um, just with the portal, you know, the, everything that you see, it always trickles down and, um, and, you know, and, and, Players, they want to play for good teams. They want to play for winning teams. And then, so at the end of the day, you just kind of left up with, all right, well, you better move. You better do it right. And, and you go on from there. Um, you know, as far as, you know, uh, you know, people taking over the, 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 the high school league, you know, I, you know, I, there needs to be a governing body. There needs to be something that, that, that you need to have a governing body that kind of keep things in, in perspective. Uh, you know, and, and there's always good things and bad things about any kind of organization, but I think for the most part, you know, good comes out of things. Uh, but if, right. if if you try to have a single person or, uh, you know, single groups that might, you know, it'll have good and bad as well. But, you know, I just feel like, you know, even though the high school league may not be perfect, but you got to have something uh, that that you can go to that at least – you know where the line is and, and things like that. And, and, and so uh, that that's kind of my viewpoint on those things. So. Now, Coach, let's say you are the commissioner for the day. I'm going to let you wear the hat for a few seconds here. Give me a few rules. Give me two rules in high school football that you would like to see change here uh, that, that, of course, you think that maybe make the game a little bit better on Friday nights. Oh, man. Bring back the eight quarter rule, or bring back the six. Do a six quarter rule. Um, that would be one of the first things, um, because it's so football is one of those sports where it, 
you got to actually like it a little bit to do it day in and day out because it's so physically demanding and it's rough and, and everything else. But it, but but what's happened, I think, over the course, I think, I think they got rid of the eight-quarter rule maybe almost, oh, man, it might be going on nine, eight, nine years ago. Um, it, it, it helped football decline. And what do I mean by that? Because if you're in a situation, let's say you have a JV quarterback and you have a varsity quarterback, or you have a – it doesn't have to be a quarterback. It can, it can be, you know, you got two varsity running backs or one varsity running back and one JV running back. That's fine. Um, if that running back on on Thursday is going to help serve him or help serve the varsity running back, especially if you're playing a team that you're up by, you know, you might be, you know, you might be killing a team. Let's just say it. you might be killing a team. And now you got your starting running back that has to stay in the game because there's no backups or your starting quarterback has to stay in the game because you don't have a backup. You can't develop one because he has to play JV Thursday night. So he can't come in and do the cleanup uh, role that you, that you got. You know, and, and so it's just, you know, it, it's kind of a double-edged sword because you want to protect kids. You don't want to put them in bad situations, you know, with concussions and things like that, you know. But, you know, you got to be smart with those things. And, uh, you know, but, but there are ways, you know, I think in, um, I think Ohio, that was the first place I saw they do six-quarter rule. And I think Georgia does a six-quarter rule, too, basically. It's like eight-quarter rule, but. Um, where eight quarters just for the fans out there, you could play eight. You could play four quarters on Thursday night or dress for Thursday night, and then come back and play on on Friday night another eight quarters. And what it also did was help with special teams because you might can take your, you know, you starting, you know, you know, running back off of kick return and have another guy back there or guys on the front line that can help with special teams and get them some experience. You know, that would help. But with the six-quarter rule, they're able to play, you know, two quarters on on a Thursday and then have the next four quarters reserved for Friday. Or they can play four quarters on a Thursday night, JV, and then, you know, the next night they can play two quarters the second half if there's a blowout situation. So, um, you know, that would, that would definitely be a thing I would change. Hanging out and wrapping it up here with the head football coach over at Westside, the 2024, 2024 state champion Rams. The one and only head coach, Brian Lane, as he wraps it up here with us tonight on our five-star coaching selection here, Coach. Uh, the final thing I'm going to ask you for the young coaches that are up and coming, uh, and I'm asking all you coaches, uh, give me uh, a little bit of advice to share with some of the young listeners who are looking to become a head coach or just to get into coaching in general here uh, in their future endeavors? Well, my, my main advice is to, to get certified in something, to get, to get a degree, get certified, um, because you're, you're going to make yourself, you know, more viable or more, more vital if you have a degree. Um, uh, because, because people that make these decisions, you know, administrators, school board, uh, you know, when you have two uh, resumes in front of you and one has got a college degree and can fit a position, 
you know, whatever position is in school or versus someone that does not have one, that doesn't mean that you're any less, you know, that you're any less intelligent, anything like that. That's not what I'm saying. But on a sheet of paper, the people that have to answer these questions or they have to fill these spots, they're the one who has to answer this question. And so I feel like they're going to lean to the person that has a degree more than less, unless you just show that, you know, you're a phenomenal person and, and things like that. But I think getting a degree and having a degree and, and getting certified in, in education is, is one thing that I really, uh, you know, I, I, I would love for young people to, to do if they want to coach and they want to get in this thing and be serious about it. Um, the other thing is is uh, I feel like it's you've got to read or ask questions from other coaches. Go to clinics. Go listen to other coaches. Uh, I got a saying, if you – if you hang out with five thieves, you're going to be the sixth. If you hang out with five millionaires, you're going to be the sixth. So if you want to be a good coach, you might not get to hang out with Nick Saban, but you can read Nick Saban's book and get ideas. So I really feel like, you know, those things, you know, being sure you're hanging around, you know, getting around the right coaches and asking questions and, and um, you know, and, and just like any coach, I mean, you know, most coaches were in that position. They were young, hungry, wanting to be the best, and and wanting to even just get their foot in the door. So me as the head coach, I remember that, and I don't have an issue with, with talking to any coach, man. I, I, I just know there's several coaches out there when I was young, you know, Coach Bentley's of the world, the Freddie Browns of the world, the the Derrick Jones who's at, who's at Virginia Tech right now, was at Duke for a long time. You know, me just talking to those guys and, and 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 them mentor me it just helped me become you know uh, the all right coach. Well, coach, whatever it is, it's working for you because you got yourself a state championship ring, and of course you got yourself a trophy, and you've got a ton of uh, wins behind that, experience behind that, and a great group of uh, fellow coaches, and uh, just come on your path along the way, coach. Uh, I do want to say thank you for making time tonight. I know you had. A previous engagement, so you made sure that you were able to come in tonight. That meant a lot. Congratulate your coaches and all of your players from us here at Southern Sports Central for their big win. And I'm going to make my way up there, but when I get up there, Coach, where do I have to eat when I come visit you guys? I just need to put this on the map real quick. Oh, man, I, I, I like Earl Street, downtown uh, Anderson. I like Earl Street. That would be, be a good place to eat. All right, so I'm marking down Anderson and Earl Street for us when we make a trip. So uh, we'll be in touch, Coach, again. God bless. Take care. Enjoy it while it's here. Of course, uh, two-a-days and spring practice coming your way, I'm sure, here very soon, Coach. But uh, thanks again for your time, and congratulations on the 2024 state championship. All right, thanks, guys. Y'all have a blessed one. You got it. There you go, ladies and gentlemen. What a great night for high school football right here on Southern Sports Central. Uh, I do believe Coach Smitty will unmute your mic. Eugene, we'll get you in here. And, man, we are back, as they say, uh, as the Rock would say here on Southern Sports Central. Yeah, what a show tonight. You talk about four legends of the game, four guys who have done it the right way, four guys who are leaders for their communities, four guys who are role models to the younger generation of coaches, four guys who paved the way for this uh, younger generation of guys growing up to reach 
the highest levels of success if they just follow the same path that those guys took. Can't ask for uh, a better way to kick off this uh, week, and uh, you know, couldn't ask for to have a better show for that matter. There's you know a lot of great stuff. A lot of great coaches. Of course, uh, you're listening, guys. If you're just joining us, that's Coach Smitty. He's one of our personalities here on the show. Uh, he, of course, spent his time as an athletic director and a head football coach at C.E. Murray. Now he's the head football coach over at King Street and another coach in our great state of South Carolina that does it and does it the right way. Might not like what he says, but you'll respect what he says because he comes from the heart, just like every coach across the state does an amazing job. Coach Smitty, uh, you know, we put this thing together, uh, you, me, Eugene, uh, sat back and said, well, we need to get back on Blog Talk. We need to get back and, and run this thing and kind of put it together and maybe stream it on uh, X or, or, or Twitter. And, and I like the concept tonight because it's a little bit more uniformed as we do on radio, right? We're able to break it up and have some music in between, to get, let people go do what they need to do in between. But next week, another great show. We actually have coaches inboxing us asking us, hey, can I come on next week? So this week it was all the, the – I wasn't going to say the gray heads, but definitely the veterans of the coaching stable. Next week – oh, next week, Coach, this is going to touch your heart because these are these young guys, these guys that are dreamers and think they can be achievers. And we don't want to smash their dreams, but we do want to bring them in and let them talk about what they are most grateful for and excited about and kind of some of the dreams they have. And I know Coach Prayer to be one of those guys. And, Eugene, I believe a young man reached out to us just moments before we went on the air and said, hey, can I join next week? And I said, hey, Coach, Coach Oz up at, uh, up at uh, Gilbert High School, we got the um, the notice last night. You know, I, I, we did the respectful route. We did retweet and throw his name out there. I had a very, very solid source that, that showed me that he was going to be the new head coach. Um, but, you know, until I could send the tweet, you know, I made the wizard, Wizard of Oz kind of uh, kind of hint there. I didn't want to do that. So when I saw it, you know, then we sent him a message and said, hey, congratulations, coach. Tune in tonight to the show. Love to have you on soon. And then, like you said, with a second or two, he DM'd and was like, hey, guys, I want to join up and, and, and talk about you know, my philosophy and what I'm ready to do. He sounds really excited. I know he did a whole, a whole bunch of press uh, today and interviews and things like that. But definitely looking forward to getting Coach Oz on next week. And like I said, I talked to Perrin, Coach Perrin, a couple nights ago. He's definitely in. Well, um, we had originally talked about uh, possibly getting Coach Kennedy in from, from Marion High School and some others. So, uh, you know, we'll see where the week takes us. But I think we got two guys already chomping at the bit to uh, take two spots on next Wednesday night. Yeah, and again, I, I want to also get maybe some coaches that may not be new to the game but new to our state. Of course, that goes over to Coach McCoy on James Island. Uh, if you're listening, Coach, we're definitely going to be reaching out to you to get you in here. Uh, we just there's a lot of, of great coaches that, that we're going to do now next week it'll be a little different guys tonight we got veterans so they got resumes and stories so what we wanted to do is give them an opportunity to have a conversation next week it'll be a little bit more rapid fire guys I know y'all were trying to rush push through but you know these guys kind of they want a conversation next week it'll be a little bit more I got 10 questions let's get them in get them out tell me your thoughts and we'll go to the next one so we'll get about 10 guys maybe next week in three hours, I feel like it'll be a pretty another solid show. But uh, tonight, a great opportunity to hear. And, it, guys, you heard from four different coaches, and not one of them really goes about it the same way, but all have a amazing resume. I mean, we had state championship coaches, regional coaches. 
um, winning coaches across the board. I mean, Coach Crosby in two years has already blown the doors off of expectations. I mean, you see over in, of course, uh, right around the corner from the studio up at Cross, Sean Wright, you know, he's continuing to do things in his 14 years of what he's done there. You know, and, of course, talks about his cousin over there at Timberland. I mean, that to me is what makes high school football great are the stories within the confines of your schedule. Eugene, now you're at Berkeley. What a difference it is for you, brother, because you've spent so many years at Oceanside with two different coaches. you spent yeah, some really five, good time years over at James Island. Chad Greer and Joe Cole, two over at uh, right. James Island. So I uh, went from 2A to 3A. So wait, one, two, three years in that was unclassified, two years in 2A, two years in 3A, two years in 4A, and this will be my first year in 5A. So you just skipped over 1A, but you know what? Coach Smitty said he's got a spot for you when you guys go maybe to wherever. I still want to get Coach Smitty. No offense <laughs> to you, Coach Smitty. I'd like to get you to Charleston, by the way. If I, if I drove out to Coach Smitty, man, Sean Wright would uh, – yeah, he'd probably throw up a roadblock and wouldn't let me go past. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, all Got good. I'll tell you what. A lot of good it, stuff came out of tonight, though, because you, you heard each coach talk about the importance of, of having that relationship. Coach Smitty, you do one of the greatest jobs that I've seen. I remember during COVID, you were driving a bus. You were taking food to people. You were doing things that, quite frankly, Owners, I knew you were doing things because I knew you on a personal level, but you're doing these things w- w- without any hesitation, Coach. How, how important is it when you're in a small town like you are over in King Street to have the support of the entire town like you've had at C.E. Murray and now you have at King Street? Well, it's important for sure to, you know, that your people you're responsible for and, and the people you uh, spend the most of your time around that you care the most about them, that you uh, show them how much you care. And the only way to do that is by uh, constantly being there for them when it's not like Coach Wright mentioned and Coach Crosby mentioned and others, when it's not sports time. What are you doing when it's not sports time? Like, for instance, this past basketball season, obviously I'm not uh, a basketball coach, but I go to all the basketball games just to show my support for the guys who will be playing for me uh, in the fall and after basketball season. And I support our basketball coaches. I, I cheer for them just like a normal fan would and give them all the support that they would need. Uh, same thing I would expect that they would do for me as well. And uh, I think that goes a long ways towards, you know, these kids, you know, kind of, you know, buying in. You know, it it helps them to buy in, and that's the key. Can you get that buy-in? And once they're bought in, then things all kind of start falling into place for you, and it makes coaching a lot easier. It makes it a lot more enjoyable when they're bought in and you're not constantly having battles on the side. I've been – in places like that before where, you know, there's always a battle you're fighting. Uh, and that's never enjoyable as a coach. So, you know, I can't, I, you know, I, I can uh, kind of advise people on both sides of those. And a lot of those guys tonight can as well. I mean, you, they've all been around the block just like I have. And we've been, you know, pretty much everywhere from 5A to 1A to now in 2A. Um, you know, but it's all re- – 
it all amounts to the same thing. How do you get the kids to buy in? How do you get the community to buy in? Uh, you know, and the main thing is, like I said, you got they got to know you care. So um, that that was the main message I got out of tonight. All right, Eugene, how about you? Quickly, uh, your thoughts on this as far as when it goes to what did you learn the most out of tonight, buddy? You know, I, one of the overriding things with these guys and, you know, every single one that came on the show, I believe, I'm not sure about Coach Ford, but I know the other three have a state championship ring, uh, and, and their biggest thing was, you know, you know, you can be a tough guy. They had tough, strong coaches in their background, uh, but you really just got at this stage and at this age, and this, uh, I guess, changing societies, you got to love on the kids. And those kids in your roster, they're going, they're going to make you or break you. They're going to take you to good things, or they'll go be sitting home watching playoffs. Uh, so you know, you know, you got to, you got to come and and be tough, but you also got to love on them too. You can't just be just just the uh, the old hard guys of of days old. You got to kind of change a little bit and uh, know when to be tough and know when to be a little bit soft on them and, and pick them up. And, realize that they're going through some things too and just support and love the kids and then uh you know have the kids be a part of the uh, community uh, everyone mentioned how much the community has been and you know i know that comes with winning but you also got to establish the culture yeah so i'll say it this way and then we're going to head out guys but uh here's the thing number one you're raising grown men first or young men to grown men first you'll they'll become great players second Make sure that you surround yourself with great people. That is your administration and your athletic director. And then, of course, uh, you know, treat them the way you want to be treated. You know, while they're still young people, they're still people. And uh, love on them all throughout. I do want to say this as we get out of here, guys. Thank you for anybody, everybody who checked us out tonight. Uh, don't forget, next week we'll be live again at 6 p.m. We'll have a brand-new group of coaches down the red carpet. But I want to say a thank you to the following. Coach Sean Wright, Corey Crosby from Berenberg Earhart, Coach Eddie Ford from Woodland, and then just recently, Coach Brian Lane from the 2023 state champion, Westside Rams. Guys, on behalf of all of us, I'm Rich Yaltman, Eugene Benton, and, of course, Coach Smitty. We say have an amazing night. Until next week, check us out on Facebook at Southern Sports Central, on Twitter at SO Sports Central, and then again next Wednesday night right here on Block Talk Radio, Southern Sports Central. We'll be coming back to you live. Guys, have a great night. See you then. See you then. Where it began I can't begin to know it But then I know it's growing strong Wasn't the spring And spring became the summer Who'd have believed you'd come along
Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.